0: game have you played it yet i have not it is a lot of fun is it it's like uncharted but with the guardians characters okay. so it's a lot of fun I you could, go through a different
1: i could get behind that that sounds like a
0: pretty good time <laughs> it, it's fucking it's a lot of fun and it's fucking hysterical it's very similar to the movie they also not so it's similar in the movie in the sense that they use a lot of music in the game okay um but they go with the comics when it comes to like the story and shit like that okay um because it's it's not really a huge spoiler but they don't go with the if you haven't watched guardians of the galaxy 2 they don't go with the ego the living planet as star lord's father they go Uh, with the original spartino or whatever the fuck his father was back whenever he was first invented make a few other changes like
1: but they actually play with the Guardians from the movies?
0: So uh, You have just the standard ones that you have from the movies. Star-Lord, Rocket, Groot, Gamora, Drax, all of them. And then Mantis ends up uh, popping in. And they don't really explain it, but at one point uh, Gamora goes into her uh, backstory between her and Nebula. And I don't want to spoil it because it's somewhat of a pivotal moment for oh, okay.
1: Gamora in the in the game but well i didn't know whenever you said they follow the comic books the original guardians of the galaxy comic books were not about any of those characters well yeah, they were about like yondu yeah, yeah, yeah. and um
0: what uh sylvester stallone's character from yeah. guardians who i can't remember his name uh
1: and then uh the, the emoji guy yeah and the the <laughs> robot <laughs> yeah like just the robot head yeah yeah uh um, all of all of the people who send yondu like all of the people that it flashes to spoilers if you haven't watched Watch guardians 2, yeah. um during yondu's funeral whenever they're giving him the ravager funeral, funeral yeah like it flashes to all of the different like captains of the mm, Rav- yeah. ravagers and it's all the original guardians of the galaxy yeah um and it's a lot of fun because
0: they they do different things um with like the star lord character like the the way that he looks instead of it just being like a red jacket. The jacket actually is red, but has like uh, like 80s rocker logo on the back of it that just says Star-Lord. And they tie his name into a band that he liked as a kid called Star-Lord. Okay. It's an 80s hair band group that he really liked as a kid. And, and they also change it a bit with his mother. Um, it's a bit of a spoiler, so I won't mention what they do with his mother. But I found it more interesting. There are a few character designs that I wasn't a huge fan Interracial of.
1: Interracial gangbang.
0: No, it's not that, and she just get pounded into the ground and dies that way. <laughs> um, oh god! Oh, uh, but they changed the look of the chitari, which I'm not a huge fan of in the game. I'm all right with it, but it's just like I like the the, the Chitauri that we got in the comics and also that we got in the Avengers movie. Right. So, and the, these ones, I'm not a huge fan of. But they do a lot of like really fucking stellar things. Like these are they're. There's these entities that, uh, it's almost like, uh, I'm trying to, uh, there's a O word, an omniscope, I think is what it's called, that uh, you can have like a round orb, round orb, an orb in the center of like a sound wave, depending on how you turn it, it'll have like oh, all okay. these like spikes and st- I think it's called an omniscope or something like that. You have all the, the, the sound waves and stuff going around the orb. Um, there's characters that are like that in this, where they're they're attacking you, but they're encased in like jelly, in like a cube jelly Jello okay. type formation. It's really interesting. They do some uh interesting things. Uh, Fin Fang Foom is in this uh, game. Ooh. Um, oh god, there's a a Beastmaster woman. I can't remember her name, but she's in it as well. They do a lot of amazing things. There's a sweet moment with Drax and. Uh, his past. They do a really good, like, really So basically stuff. what you're
1: saying is that it is a much better comic book game than the Marvel Avengers that we got, like... Yes. With Camilla Khan and... Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed that one, but it wasn't that good. It, it was good until you beat the story. Yeah. And, and then it was, was like... A, eh. They they
0: have all these DLCs and like small story things, and I'm just like, none of this looks appealing. Like, I've been debating on whether or not to purchase the Black Panther one, or maybe I bought the Season Pass or something, I can't remember. But I haven't bought the Black Panther one because it looks somewhat interesting, but also like, a, I know that file is going to be fucking huge if I go to download it. Because that was one of the big fucking things that annoyed the shit out of me when I first got the Avengers game. The update, went, day one update, was fucking massive. Yeah, it was like Guardians, 40
1: gigs or something like that. The Guardians
0: update was like 4 gigs for day one update. Which is standard for a lot of games. Yeah. You'll have day one updates because shit just goes out missing files or just broken things. And there are a few things in this game that still needs worked on. Um, just the way certain things look. Or interact like at one point, they're in the big battle scene and Gamora's sword folds up and gets is planted on her back, and it's just like this like long rectangle thing on her back. And then whenever she unfurls it, uh, like unfurls uh-huh. uh, out into a sword. And then at one point during a cut scene, it stayed unfurled, and she put it on her back, and it was just on her back unfurled, and she was walking past certain characters, and just like it would just like phase Clip right through, through. yeah. yeah. Um, so there are a few things that they need, little bugs here and there that they need to work on. But it's a lot of fun. I haven't beat it yet, but I really, I I think I'm close to the end. So I recommend uh, anybody listening to this right now go and check it out. So the movie we're talking about this week, I want to continue chit-chatting, but I know the movie we're talking about this week is... Is long. It's, well, the... the and there's... So much in it. That's what I was getting to. So the movie's not that long. The movie's like two hours and fourteen minutes.
1: Yeah, I remember it being way longer. I thought so too. Um, maybe
0: we watched the TV version because I remember I read something where the uh, made-for-TV version of the movie was like thirty minutes longer than the actual maybe. theatrical cut.
1: And I also think that that's where, like, whenever I or whenever we first decided that we were doing Doom, mm-hmm. and I did the like super high-pitched. I will kill him
0: I was expecting that at the end And it didn't happen He said it But it didn't happen the way that you I, d- I don't know
1: if, if it's a Mandela effect <laughs> It's gotta be Because yeah or He if says it, it was if it was the made for TV movie It also could be that Yeah That I that I remember Because I starkly remember that from my childhood yeah. <laughs> Was just sting Yelling it in that way Yeah just like super high pitched I was like That's off-putting <laughs> Right But he does say it, it's just not in the register that you think it is. Um,
0: So yeah, the movie is a standard two-hour movie, but what's in the movie is dense as fuck. Yeah. So I read the book, and uh, I finished it on Monday. I think it was like Monday night at some point. I finished the book, and there's a lot in the book. Well, I wouldn't say a lot in the book that is in the movie, so they touch on a few things. A lot of what's in the book in the movie, but they don't go into expl- explaining what it is or w- why it is the way that it is in the book. Like, in the movie, we skip ahead like two, three years, but in the book, that goes on for a good while. It goes into well, yeah, him being accepted by the Fremens yeah. and his... In the, the movie, it just makes it seem like they're trying to figure out a way to control the sandworms, but in the book... Um, the sand, him writing a sandworm is him, his like rite of passage for like the Fremen people. So, and it plays a little different in the movie. So, in order to get not make this uh, episode super long, we're gonna get into some like total recall. Uh, anyway, before we get into the festivities of everything, um, I'm Greg Vance, and I'm Ryan Downing, and we are Nerdinian. And each week, we pick a nerd movie and we go th- through it scene by scene, beat by beat, and we break down the movie. And just talk about it, go through it. And if you haven't watched the movie that we're talking about this week, Dune, made in 1984 by David Lynch. Warning, spoilers. Um, anyway, so before uh, getting anything else, don't forget to comment, rate, subscribe. Uh, do all the normal things you w- would with any other podcast. Um, tell us you like us, tell us you hate us. Doesn't really matter. Just uh, let us know what you think. Tell
1: the fat man he cries too much. Right. Um, <laughs> As we said about this movie... It is very tightly packed. Like, there is a lot to talk about. Yeah, Yeah. The remake, I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it either. But I looked at the time, it's longer. And it's yeah just a little bit, like, it's not much longer. No, no. But it's, like, 10, 15 minutes
0: longer. And from what I understand, it's only about half of the first book. Where this oh, one okay. covers the okay. entire
1: first, th- this, David Lynch to say I was Lynch going to say, was gonna say, this could, or the remake could potentially try to tackle as much as this one does. And then there would just be... Like, it'll be wall-to-wall shit. Right. So, no.
0: From what I understand... Not necessarily what... <laughs>
1: shit in a bad way. Right, right. Just all the stuff. Just all the things.
0: We'll get into how, my feelings about this movie here in a bit. But from what I understand, like, the movie ends... or The remake ends, like, at the halfway point of the book. And I, if I'm correct, I think I know where it's at. And I'll explain where I think it's at here in a bit. But to get out of the preliminaries, uh, also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Nordinian. Follow me at those same uh, platforms at That Wanker. Also, follow me on TikTok at that wanker without an E. Um, but we just post a lot of, uh, or I just post a lot of uh, clips from the podcast. Anyway, all that shit out of the way. So, like I've been saying, this movie is fucking dense. The book is fucking great. I loved it. It was written by Frank Herbert. I really enjoyed the book. There are aspects of this movie where I really fucking enjoy, but there's other aspects where I'm like, what are we doing here? This is insane. Like, there's at one point where uh, the, what is it, Vlad Harkonnen, or Harkunin like Harkonin Harkonin, like I've heard it three different ways. I've heard it the way they say it in the audible book, uh Harkonin, uh Harkonnen and Harkonnen, or some shit like that, mm. three different ways, so whatever way we want to say it, harkunin, harkonin doesn't really matter.
1: I the, think in the movie they call them harkonin I think so as well, um, but anyway he's he's just
0: around some sort of like steaming orb floating around it just at high speed just laughing his fucking full head off. And I'm like, what is going on With here? With the guy playing the, like,
1: <laughs> the weird. weird theremin? Yes. <laughs> <or> whatever. <laughs> whatever the fuck like, it what is. What the fuck is going on? Um,
0: uh, I don't remember. I was trying to, I was racking my brain over the past few days. I finished the book on Monday. I was trying to fucking remember if that scene is in the book. Now, there is a scene where uh, uh, Fade comes out, but he's nude in the book, but I don't remember uh, fucking Vlad just flying around the goddamn steam orb while someone plays some weird instrument. I don't remember that. I think that's a David Lynch thing.
1: Um, Well, we'll just go ahead and get it out of the way right at the beginning. David Lynch, kind of a weird dude.
0: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, he's been spending a lot of his time on Twitter just doing like weather reports for the day, and that's it. He just says what the weather is in his neck of the woods, and then just fucks off. Okay. For
1: whatever reason. Um, yeah, well, what I mean is, like, you watch some of his other movies. And you're oh, like, I
0: know, I know. You're like, wow. Yeah, yeah, Racerhead is fucking weird as shit. Mulholland
1: Drive. <laughs> <Yes>. like, <laughs>
0: uh, uh, they're all fucking fascinating to watch, like uh, this movie. Don't get
1: don't get me wrong. They're great movies, but you're just kind of like, <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> yeah, there are scenes. In this movie alone, uh, what's his name? Turf? Turf. Uh, the uh, mentat for the Atreides, the guy that one of the oh, guys that walks um, in uh, behind Paul whenever he's studying things.
1: Yeah. Um, so th- that, <laughs> we'll get into who mentats dude, are and all there's that. There's so many fucking names I know. and so many. Fucking so he's n-
0: he's not the evil guy with the eyebrows. He's not Brad Dorff with the eyebrows. Right. It's the it's other the guy. The other with guy. The, eyebrows. The, so him, the
1: one that has to milk the cat to get his yeah, what well, pet the antidote. Uh, in the book, no, he says milk the cat. Does he say? Yeah. I thought he said pet the cat. No, he says milk the cat. Whatever the you cat. To, did you also notice
0: has, has some a rat, like, rat attached to, its to it side. for whatever reason? That whole addition. So in the book, he is poisoned, and they give the antidote in his food. Only they never tell him um, when he's getting the antidote. They just tell him he's poisoned that they're, they will administer the antidote each day. They just don't tell him when. Um, it's in his food and all that to keep him alive. In this movie, the cat thing is an addition by David Lynch, for whatever reason. Also, in the book, there is no pug. And there's a pug throughout this, the, the dog, yeah. a pug, throughout this entire movie. There's even a sequence where you, the camera's at the Atreides' backs, and they're like walking up as they get sent off for the day. Or uh, sent off to um, a track. Uh, um, to go to Dune. To go to Dune. I was for blanking on the actual planet's name. To go out to Dune, they're walking away from the camera. They turn around and fucking the Duke has the pug the in, pug his, in hand. his hands. Yeah. Like that's so fucking absurd, but whatever. Um, I'm assuming it's. It's a, not a pug, it's a space pug. Right.
1: I'm assuming it's Lynch's dog or something. Well, I think it m- maybe like just in the 80s whenever he did this and was doing a lot of drugs and stuff. He looked at it and was like,
0: that's that, a weird dog. That
1: thing's got to be a fucking alien. Look at it. <laughs> right. Like, Like, uh, what, what's the other one that would make sense as, a, as an alien dog? Like, a, a Sharpay? Like, <laughs> it's so fucking wrinkly. <laughs> right. Like, why is it 90% wrinkles? <laughs> that's not canine. That's an alien. <laughs> right. Um, so, let's get into... Uh,
0: building the world. Like, they build a little bit of the world in this movie right at the beginning. Let's build some of the world before we actually get into the movie itself. So, we have four planets that we visit in this movie. We have Arrakis, which is Dune, the main uh, planet that we're on for the majority of the movie. Um, And it's the source of uh, the Spice Melange. And it's basically... Um, think of it as spice controls everything yeah it's basically the fuel it's also a drug that people take they they they, i think it's mentioned in the book they use it in their clothes like if gasoline was meth it's pretty much like if if you know what the petrodollar is it's what a lot of american currency is based upon yeah it's petro call petrodollar uh it's essentially that um that's where all the spice comes from it's a very important planet it's where, like I said, most of the movie takes place. We have Planet Kaladin, which is where House Atreides uh, lives. We have uh, I don't remember how to pronounce this, Geedi Prime. This is where the Harkonnen live. Getty Prime, I think. Getty Prime, and then we have uh, Catelyn, uh, the House of the Emperor, where Emperor uh, Shaddam the mm-hmm. Fourth resides. Um, we don't, we only visit his world at the beginning, and then like at the at halfway the, point in the movie. And then he goes to Arrakis.
1: Well, I'd say it's probably more like three-quarters of the way through the movie. Like Maybe. Ju- just before the final act.
0: Right. Um, but uh, some of the uh, factions in this world. Um, we have the Guild, who control banking and interstellar travel. And we should also mention, um, traveling in space in this movie is not how you would think of it in like Star Trek
1: or Star Wars. Right. They, they use... I don't remember what they navigators. call the Navigators. They
0: use navigators. In the movie, it's a fucking starkly different than what it is in the book. So I haven't read the second book. They mention the navigators in the first book.
1: But they don't really give you a description. They don't give you a
0: description. But from what I read about the second book, they do go into... You do actually get, to get a description of what the navigators are. And they're more humanoid and almost fish-like humans. If these are more like... It's like an unborn baby. Like
1: s- aborted baby, it looks like an aborted baby, like Slimer made of flesh.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: it it's insane like, looking. Yeah, if if Slimer the ghost. Had a vagina for a mouth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god. And was made yes. of flesh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and was like and had
0: and was and, and, and was, was thick. It's thick, Ryan. <laughs> He's a thick boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and was um, the the same length as Worm Jerry <laughs> in the Rick and Morty episode <laughs> when they. Uh, when he and Beth go to couples counseling, <laughs> I've never seen the episode, but I have. I know what you're talking about. I have seen the images. And shit. <laughs> like, yeah, that's it's it's a long slimer with a vagina mouth, <laughs> right? That's, um, that's flesh colored, right?
0: Um, so the guild, who the navigators are part of, are very uh, concerned about what's happening on Arrakis what's happening
1: with Paul Atreides. We got we got really distracted. Hold on, because we got to go back. Okay. Um, so the navigators. Fold space. Yes. So you, yeah, we were on that. You, like, you don't actually have to travel light years. Right. You just you move through space without moving. Is how they. Yes. It's it's the literal. Describe it. It's
0: the actual literal um idea of space travel. In real, uh, through in our reality,
1: because through it, wormholes. Yeah,
0: if you talk to Neil deGrasse Tyson, if you think about how you would travel through space, you wouldn't travel at say you put like a the letter A at one end of a piece of paper and take the letter B at the other end of the p- piece of paper and then draw a straight line. Now imagine that entire line is like billions of light years from one place to the other. That would take a long time to get from one end to the other. But if you figure out a way to bend space. Right next to each other, just fold the piece of paper over where each place uh, A and B, B, are, right a and next B to are right
1: next to each other. Then you move through space without moving at all.
0: Right. And that's what they do in this movie. It's fucking smart. Right. Um, so uh, and that's what the Navigators do. They use the spice to basically... And the spice is used to enhance your senses. It's used a lot with the Benny Gesserits, which I'll get into here in a bit. It's... it's like I said, it's a drug that you can use recreationally. It's also a drug that you can use to enhance yourself or han- enhance looking through time or, uh, like with the navigators, sending people through space and time. Um, we also had the Bene Gesserits, uh, and they are basically the, the religious political figures. Um, it, they The are,
1: Vatican. They're the Vatican, except they're all women.
0: Yes. So they are all women, um, and they're designed that way because they um, wanted all— I can't remember the reason why they want all women in their faction, but they are all women. And over the four thousand years of existing, they have uh, honed the skill to uh, genetically alter um, a, a fetus in the womb to be exclusively a woman. Up until Paul Atreides, um, and we'll get into whenever or why it happened, why he is the way he is, and all that. Whenever we get in the movie, um, but they all. They they train their bodies bodies and minds to be soothsayers, if you will. Um, yeah. Almost like uh, if you think about in Roman times, like oracles, things like that, where they're trying to uh, predict what's happening. They they see images in the future. At least the basic uh, Benny Jesuits will see uh, into the future, and the, the people that are able to harness their ability and uh, I guess pledge their allegiance to any faction are called reverend mothers um that's the bald-headed woman we see in the movie in the book they're not bald they're just they have regular hair and everything but that was just a choice nice david, david lynch, lynch uh made for the movie which is an interesting look yeah i really like i said there's a lot of things in this movie well, that it, really it kind of takes it
1: to the next level like mm-hmm. they're because they become the reverend mother they uh they forfeit their hair to their religion. Right, right. it's thing.
0: almost uh,
1: like a nunnery. Like, a, like, yeah, like a sign. Basically, them wearing um, a habit. A habit. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I knew the word until yeah. I started saying <laughs> the sentence. Right. And I was like, where did that word go? <laughs> right. It's like wearing a convent. No, that's where they live. Where? What <laughs> do they wear? All right. So we got a couple more things to get over. Uh, get through. They, well, they also um, some of the higher ranking ones. Have a special, I mean, the looking into the future is a special power in mm, and of itself. Yeah, it's not, at the, at but, all of them
0: can do it. It's but just they also have
1: the ability to use something called the voice. Yes. And we get it a few which, times in this movie. Which compels whoever hears it to do whatever they say. Right.
0: Um, and should also note that this movie is influenced Star Wars heavily. George Lucas has said as much, along with the uh, the book series called The Foundation, I believe is what it's called. I think maybe it's called The Foundation. Um, maybe I don't I'm don't just know. making this. I don't know. Dune was a heavy influence on this movie. Similar with the Jedi mind tricks, the desert planet, shit like that. Um, Sarlacc. Sarlacc. Yes, it looks very similar, like the mouth of the uh, sandworm in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, plus it's a sandworm. Yes. Essentially. <laughs> um so uh we also have mentats which are human computer hybrids. Yep. Um and they are like super fast. They can think super fast. They drink this uh substance what is it called? I think I wrote it down. It's like uh I don't remember Sofos? what it's called. I think it's
1: called Sophos. It stains their lips red.
0: Stains their lips red to where cuz that's basically what they sustain themselves on is this Sophos stuff. And because of the way that their bodies are set up, um, they can only, I guess, drink this shit. I can't remember exactly. It's in the book, um, and it's only mentioned for, like, maybe two or three minutes at tops before they move on to something else. And it's
1: mentioned right at the beginning of the movie, whenever Paul is doing Uh, his lesson.
0: Juice of Sappho, not Sopho. Juice of Sappho. Um, And they're more like the political advisors, where the... um, uh, the Bene Gesserits are more like, um, the
1: religious leaders,
0: religious leaders, the mentats are like the political advisors. Um, and then we have the Fremens, which in the book, they're more considered in, they do it a little bit in this movie, but they're more considered like the savages of Arrakis. Like the, are uh, the natural born people of Arrakis. Um, and they call them the Fremens. That all out of the way. It's a lot of information that we have going on in this movie. Like I said, the majority of the movie takes place on Arrakis. Um, we, uh, we get a little bit at the beginning at on, what was it? K-10? k ten, K-tan? k And we should also mention, um, Vladimir, or, yeah, it's Vladimir, uh, uh, Harkonnen, um, is the leader of the Harkonnens, House Harkonnen, and he, like I said earlier, he's on Getty Prime, which is more like of a, and we get a little bit of it in the movie, it's more like an industrial planet.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah almost like Death Star trench
0: kinda yeah house atreides is more it's more like Earth it has oceans and lush uh, plant life right. things like that so and that's why whenever they go to uh it's a stark difference difference to what they're used to um anyway I think that's all the preliminary shit we need to get through um we got a long preamble at the beginning of the movie with um his daughter God damn it I had her name here somewhere okay okay Princess Irolon Carino, this is her last name, but Princess Irolan is her name, and it's played, uh, before we get into that, uh, this movie is directed and written by uh, David Lynch, and which I don't know why, but I never thought of this, but it is also a Dino De Laurentiis movie. If you want to know who that is, he's a famous producer from back in the day, he produced a lot of the Conan movies, prolific um, producer. Um, this movie takes place in the year 10,191 It's directed, uh, like I said, by, and written by David Lynch Starring Kyle MacLachlan uh, This is a huge cast, by the way Virginia Madsen Francesca Anis uh, Leonardo Cimino uh, Brad Dourif Jose Ferrer Patrick Stewart Dean, or Dean Sting uh, Dean Stockwell Max von Sydow Alicia Witt uh, Linda Hunt Freddie Jones, Richard Jordan, Silvana Magano, Everett McGill, Kenneth McMillan, Jack Nance, uh, Sheehan Phillips, Jurgen Prochnov, Jurgen Prochnov, P R O C H N O W, and Prochnov, um, Sean Young, and Dan Cargill. Kill. All right. Uh, this movie starts off with a woman's face, a very young woman, very young Virginia Madsen on the screen coming up in like um, uh, royal regalia clothing of shit uh, with like a princess crown and shit. And she's explaining uh, what's going on in the world that you're about to enter. Uh, princess Irulan says this A beginning is a very delicate time. Know that, and we should also mention um, for whatever reason, she's talking straight to the camera, she has stars behind her and then she fades in and out. But she's whenever she fades out, you're just seeing more stars. Right. Like, there's nothing for You don't her. see anything new. Or right, different. right. She just fades in and out for whatever reason. Okay. A beginning is a very delicate time. Now then, that is the year 10,199. Uh, the known universe is ruled by uh, Padisha Emperor Shaddam Fourth, my father. In this time, the most precious... Substance in the universe is the spice melange. The spice extends life, the spice expands consciousness, the spice is vital to space travel. The Spacing Guild and its navigators, who the spice has mutated over 4,000 years, use the orange spice gas, which gives them the ability to fold space that is, to travel to any part of the universe without moving. Oh, yes, I forgot to tell you, the spice exists on only one planet in the entire universe. A desolate, dry planet with vast deserts, hidden away within the rocks of the deserts are people known as the Fremen, who have long-held prophecy that a man would come, a messiah who would lead them to true freedom. The planet is Arrakis, also known as Dune. Title card! Yeah, and very ominous, like, Dune, Dune, as Dune appears on screen. And
1: I found it interesting... A little bit less uh, law and ordery, though. Yeah.
0: But I found it interesting that in this movie, at the beginning, like the, the opening credits, they don't start with like who stars in the movie. They start with the production team, like the, yeah. the the production heads, not the actual like crew members and shit, but like the production heads for all this. And I should also mention before we get into the movie, this movie makes some bold fucking choices for a movie made in the '80s. Make some bold choices, yeah. and I, I commend it for that. I really enjoy this movie, but there are moments in this movie, like I said earlier, they are just like, why did we do this? This is insane. Like, what? what is this even... What is this... Even, <laughs> right. what is this what, why? <laughs> um, we'll get to it here in a bit with like, the shielding. Like, the shielding, I don't understand why it had to look boxy like that.
1: Or the... Uh, like, any time they fold space, like, you just see the navigators like yeah you just floating like like this nebulous stuff like you just see the vagina mouth (laughs) right pulsating (laughs) and it's like it's like a good like minute and a half and you're like why (laughs) um anyway so this movie uh starts
0: off with these people on like black shiny garb rolling in like this big apparatus
1: it's, so, and the, it's hidden. It's the BDSM club. Yeah, they're all in like <laughs> leather daddy clothes.
0: Um, they approach. Uh, and uh, they approach. Uh, was Emperor Shaddam, um, and he's standing with his uh, mother, Reverend, um, the his Benny Gesserit um, woman. I can't remember her name. I don't remember her name
1: either. But his Benny
0: Gesserit. um, and she is trying to chit chat with him. Well, he's like,
1: he's here. Y- she comes in to like him, his wife and his daughter like in their throne room and says that they're here Mm -hmm. and he sends his wife and daughter away is like, you know, get out of here. You shouldn't be part of this. You shouldn't be part of this type thing. And then he asks his reverend mother to stay Mm -hmm. and to read their thoughts and he wants a full report after the meeting.
0: Um and as uh they the uh guild gets in the main hall area that they're in where where his throne is and everything once they settle in the guild does they then are immediately like no the Benny Jesuit witch has to go yeah get, get her the of, fuck out of here get rid of the witch and then we'll talk <laughs> And we should also mention in this movie they do um I don't I I'm not I'm not one way or the other about it. Like There are moments in the movie where I'm like, that was cool to get that insight. But there are other moments in this movie where I'm like, yeah, no doubt. I can see it on his face. So they do the internal monologue in this movie a lot. A lot. It's something that you would read. A lot, a lot. It's something you would read in a book. They do a lot of like techniques that you would see in a book that sometimes translates well in this movie on the screen. But there are moments like whenever uh, Dr. Yui is lying to um, Lady Jessica. And she's like, he's lying. I was like, yeah, I know. He Look, he's looking shifty as fuck. I know he's lying. Mm. We didn't need that internal model. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the mother reverend uh, or reverend mother uh, walks away
1: and the guild uh, immediately. Well, and we should also mention that the guy from the guild like doesn't.
0: He doesn't speak uh, English or common basic common,
1: whatever yeah th- th- whatever language that everyone else, yeah they don't really explain speaks. it, I don't think they explain it in they, the book either. they like speak through a little microphone mm-hmm. thing,
0: and we we should also mention if we're gonna try to explain this movie as best we can, but this movie is fucking weird at times, and we may not be able to a hundred percent describe it the way it needs to, so go watch this movie, at least go watch this movie one time, everyone should see this movie yeah at once. it's it's. It's not super long. It's There's a lot in it, but it's, it's not super long. Of,
1: it's kind of like a nerd rite of passage. Like yes. just, this one kind of ranks up there with like, if people are like, I've never watched sci-fi movies before. Mm-hmm. I really want to get into them. What should I watch? It's like Dune, Legend, Ma- Conan.
0: Uh, maybe the first Star Wars movie. Yeah. Let's see if you like a it New or not. A New Hope.
1: Like... It's one of one of the list of, like, the classic mm-hmm. sci-fi movies. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, yeah. The uh, guild tells uh, Reverend mother, mother to go away. She does. But we also cut to her basically eavesdropping on
1: the... Yeah, like sitting on a bench right outside the door. Yeah, right, yeah.
0: And she's listening to everything that's going on with her mystical uh, Benny Gesserit powers. She's not really, like, ear up against a door or anything. She's just sitting there listening to the conversation happen because that's her ability.
1: So yeah, Uh, as soon as she leaves the, uh, the, the the main hall area, yeah, the the tank tank opens opens up up and you see, uh, (laughs) slagina. Yeah. And he's (laughs) sick, boy! (laughs) Slagina. Let's try to think of a way to, to shorten it from flesh colored (laughs) slimer worm with a vagina mouth. You could do, uh...
0: Oh, God, Vimer. <laughs> uh, Vagimer. <laughs> Vagimer, yes. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so it un- uh, opens up, and the Navigator, straight up, and like I said, we don't, the Navigator isn't part of the book. Uh, it's just the guild coming up to Emperor Shaddam in the book, and they're a bit concerned. They're being told that the prophecy that the Iraqis people believe in is coming true soon. They need to do something about Paul Atreides. He's the
1: one. Well, no, they. he says, you need to take care of House Atreides. And the Emperor's like, I've already got it under control, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, being the smart guy that I am, told them to go to Arrakis. They're going to take over spice production. But then that's not going to make, what? what is it, House... Harkonnen. House, yeah, House Harkonnen is going to be really upset about that yep. because they're Enemies and House Harkonnen will go and attack and kill the Duke because he's well liked, and everybody, for whatever reason, that's enough to warrant a death sentence.
0: Uh, yeah, well, in the book, they explain it a bit more. Obviously, uh, in the book, it's he's a bit concerned with how popular Duke uh, Atreides is becoming, so he's like, no, and because if he gets more popular, and with these. Uh, I don't think they mention the weapons in the book, because the weapons are part of David Lynch's addition to the story. But with his popularity growing, eventually, uh, in the book, Emperor Shaddam fears that he may usurp him, power, his power. And uh, so that's why
1: he goes after Atreides, or House Atreides, anyway. Um, And he's like, so the Harkonnens will kill him. And I told House Harkonnen that if they kill him, then... They get to control Spice production, but he has to wipe out their whole family. So it's already taken care of him and Lady Jessica. So it's already taken care of. And they're like, no, you fucking idiot. We mean his son. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) He has a son. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: um, And he's, yeah, he's a bit. uh, We don't know why that's so like questioning yet.
0: Yes, because yeah, they are treating like Paul Atreides to be like the Antichrist in their view, anyway. Well, uh, to yeah, be the but because like, he, because they fear that uh, with the prophecy, prophecy that the Fremen believe in, that he will stop all spice production, thus halting everyone's way of life in this in this world completely. The guild specifically, yes. because
1: they control all the spice, right? Um, and the prophecy is that a man will have the powers of a Jesuit. Yes, he, and he he will be called the Qu-
0: quasat's H- haderach.
1: Quazat's H- haderach? Quazat haderach. <laughs> is, the- is how is how they say it in Yeah. The- <laughs>
0: that's the prophecy,
1: and that that's going to be the. And that's another super thing, like being watching this movie. I'm like, oh my god, there's so many words that don't make any sense. <laughs> well, how am I going to talk about this? Well, they are actual
0: words. Um, they're either Hebrew words or Islamic words, things like that. They're just used right. in a context that aren't normally used it's, for.
1: It's kind of like uh, <laughs> like Firefly and Serenity. Yes, mixing in Mandarin and English <laughs> yes. together. Yes, it's very much like that. To to get. What sounds like almost an alien language, right? Right. We then cut to no, we don't cut anywhere. Well, we cut to his reverend mother out in the hallway, yeah, meeting with a bunch of other Benny Gesserits. Yeah, yeah, and talking about House Atreides and how they have to go there immediately,
0: yeah, and find out who this Paul
1: Atreides because, is. Because, uh, yeah, there's a Paul Atreides, and they don't know who it is, and right. they have to find out. And then on like. In the in the transition there, they explain why everybody's so surprised that Duke Atreides has a son, because the lady Jessica was his Benny Gesserit mm. and his concubine. his concubine, yeah, yeah, and was told to only bear him daughters, mm-hmm. but out of love for him. Mm. She decided to bear him a son, which they don't really go into what you said where they have the ability to like like genetically alter genetically alter in utero, yeah, yeah. um so I was just kind of like, well, it's a fucking fifty fifty shot, like yeah, it's one or the other, and obviously,
0: in our world, scientific studies have shown that men control the sex of the child, so right, and they yeah, like like you said, they don't really explain it in this movie it's just that she was for bed from ever. Uh, having a yeah ever giving him a son yeah.
1: but he wanted one so she because him. she
0: loved him and and we should also mention this is this is a world in space but also in like a feudal um caste system
1: yeah almost
0: kind of. um so you have things like concubines you have marriages uh, that are only political reasons that you marry some woman or man for uh, the power or prestige that you
1: may gain right or uh, to keep the peace because yes, or that. the Benny um decided that the daughter of Atreides would marry a Harkonnen, and mm. it would it would merge the two families and get rid of the need for war or what have you.
0: That little like story thread is a bit more expanded upon in the book, right? Um, because there are certain characters that we're gonna meet that are related and they don't know that they're related but yeah we cut to Kaladin. we cut to Kaladin.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and um we just go over like the landscape and the castle and shit and then we meet i think lady jessica first
1: or maybe it is just paul it paul it's probably paul just in his study and he's yeah, going paul through and he's he's looking at a like tablet a tablet that shows him the four planets because no. he's looking at all the planets yeah no. Um, and he picks Arrakis because he knows that they've been chosen to go and lead spice production and stuff. And so he's trying to learn more about what's on
0: Arrakis and the sandworms that he's heard about and all that. Um, and as he's doing this, three men walk in. Gurney, played by Patrick Stewart. Uh by Jean-Luc Picard. Yeah. Uh Dr. Yui, played by Dean Stockwell. And then uh the mentat um I, And I can't remember the actor's name for Tarf. I think the, the character's name is like T O U R I F. Yeah. Tarf, maybe?
1: Tarf That sounds right. Yeah, Tarf. I think the Duke is called or not the Duke, Mr. Hoverboy.
0: Oh, uh yeah, uh, Vladimir. Vladimir.
1: Is Harkonnen. is calling him Tarf or yeah, Towerf like or,
0: so yeah, they approach him from behind and a tra- or Paul is immediately like, "I know you, I know Gurney. You always told me not to have my back towards the door, but I can sense who you are." And he names Doctor Huey, Gurney, and Tarf, and he turns around. And he's like, "Look, I was right." And Tarf's like,
1: "Yeah, you won't be right all the time, to- all- every time." And Paul? We could be we could be imposters. And Paul's like, I'd know. Yeah, and we get like an internal a, monologue like from a, Tarf. Like a snarky little fucking <laughs> prince. Yes.
0: Uh, we get an internal monologue from uh, Tarf, and he's like, yeah, maybe you're right about that. <laughs> but he doesn't tell him as much. And then he stands up, greets the three men, and uh, Paul's like, hey, you gonna play us some music? Because Gurney has a musical instrument
1: looks kind of like a sitar.
0: Yeah, some uh, similar. But he places it down. And he's like, no, I was just getting this ready to pack with me when we go to Arrakis. And he's like, I'm here to make sure that you're trained well for Arrakis, of all the perils and dangers that Arrakis could have. And Paul's like, yeah, yeah, I'm trained. I'm, I know what I'm fucking doing. He's like, I'm not in the mood. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> I don't fucking care. <laughs> no. It was one of my favorite lines. He's like, mood? moon." <laughs> oh, God, I don't want to butcher it.
1: Moods are for...
0: Moods are for cattle and love cattle play. Cattle and love play, <laughs> and he says it in a very like Patrick Stewart way, like moods. Moods are for cattle and love play, and then they get into a I fight. Didn't,
1: I didn't understand the cattle part. I don't understand that either. But maybe just the mood. There's there's something about cows because a little bit later you see yeah, one of the Harkonnens, like like harvesting one, but that's the only cow you see in the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was just because like. Lynch thought that people would be upset seeing a cow like strung up like that. Maybe. And so they just set it up right here at the beginning where it's like moods are only for cows and love play. And like you look at the person next to you and you're like, "Well, we're not having sex." <laughs> and then you see a cow and you're like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot to feel there. <laughs> right. Patrick Stewart told me so. Uh and then uh right after they have this little little spat. Well, right after he says that, he hits a little button on his Yeah. like uh, belt, belt, and blocky block- shielding. Block- like
0: I know, I know this was in the eighties, and the CGI from in the eighties wasn't that great. But his, did it
1: have to be as blocky as it his is? body turns into fucking Steve from
0: Minecraft? <laughs> yes,
1: it, it's very fucking Minecrafty. It looks ridiculous, and he well, he charges Paul, yes. who just in time activates his shield. Yep, and they scuffle for a bit, and you see that for whatever reason they're both wielding blades, even though yeah.
0: And it's not like uh, like practice blades. They are apparently sharp
1: ass blades. They're daggers. Yeah.
0: And uh, long story short, Paul bests Gurney, and Gurney's very
1: happy about this. But Gurney's also like, oh no no, you made best of
0: me here. But look
1: below. They they're scuffling and scuffling and scuffling, and then finally you see Paul like with both hands push his dagger very slowly through Gurney's shielding. Yeah. And Gurney says. Something about, oh, yes, that's right. The slow blade will pass through
0: any shielding or something any so.
1: shielding or something like that. And then he says, but look below. Yeah. And you see Gurney's dagger like near right his at, dick. Right, <laughs> at, right <laughs> at crotch level. <laughs> yes. It was like you would have joined me in death.
0: Yep. Uh, They shut off their shields. Gurney's very happy with Paul because clearly Paul has been able to best Gurney and he's very happy. And Gurney's like, if you would have given me anything less than your absolute best, I would have fucking smacked you around right away. And then as they're having this conversation about how well Paul did, uh, the Mentat Tariff walks up. They have a, a bit of a conversation about them being posted to Arrakis and they're like, look, we know this is a trap. We know we're being set up for something. We just don't know what it is. And the
1: first, uh, you need to be ready for
0: it. Yeah, and the first uh, rule of uh, fighting back against a trap is to know that there is an actual trap. And then they're like, "Let's practice with the weirding modules." I think is what they call them in yep. the movie. This is also an addition by David Lynch. There is no weirding module in the movie at all. Um, so the weirding modules, and I really, in- I like this aspect. I like the idea of the weirding module. Sh- Yes, um, I like the idea of words being weapons. weapons. Yes, literal weapons. So yeah, we have um, Paul puts on this apparatus around his neck,
1: and it's just like this. It's almost like wedge a, piece. It's almost like a microphone.
0: Well, the the, the black slender girl thing well, yeah, that there's comes up—that's the microphone. A little
1: microphone that like plugs into this, like door stopper. Almost, almost looks like yeah, either a door stopper or like a uh, like a heat sink yeah. for like a CPU. Yeah, something like or something that. Something like that.
0: Yeah. Um and it just it rests around his neck and uh he has it right there in front of his face. And then he has this like boxy I don't I'm not a huge fan of the way it looks. It looks like one of those old like mining lamps. We had it yeah like, just right in your hand. Kinda. Um and he just he's has this droid come out and he's the droid's moving all over the place and it looks like it's about to kill him in uh some aspects and he just starts using certain words and starts taking out the different implements that this droid has. The blades has. and
1: the Spinny darts and daggers and
0: the, yeah. Yeah, arrows and whatever the fuck is on it. And he clearly decimates this droid. And Gurney and uh, Tarf are very happy with this. Uh, we then cut to, I think it's Lady Jessica yeah, being greeted
1: lady, by. Her greeting the Reverend Mother from the Emperor.
0: Yeah, the um, Reverend Mother uh, Mohia. Jeez, uh, oh, I have no idea how to pronounce this. Uh, M-O-I-I. M O H I A M, Mohiam, Mohiam, sure. Uh, Reverend Mother Mohiam is greeting Lady Jessica, and uh, the Reverend Mother's like, "Look, we've heard about Paul, and if the stories are true, you were fucking told not to have fucking boys, only yeah. daughters. What
1: the fuck are you doing?" She's like, "Well, he really wanted one." Yeah,
0: you know, and they walk into like a little like balcony in Paul's room. Oh, we should also mention, like, it cuts to later in the day, and Paul is having like some sort of like dream, and we see images of the dream of like a droplet of water hitting like a big pool of water. Um, he sees like a woman's face. He sees a moon. He sees like a a, a hand. opaque hand like through space and
1: shit. Um, and then we cut to yeah, and the woman has bright blue eyes. Yes,
0: I think we're missing some another small scene. So he after he trains with Gurney and all of them, he then meet Paul meets with his father, and his father's like. Um when we go to Arrakis, I believe the sleeper will awaken or some shit like that. The only reason I mention it is because it becomes a sticking point. Yeah, the in sleeper Paul, must awaken. Um later on. Um but yeah, or,
1: No, he says the sleeper must awaken. Yeah. Something like that. And the the other the other little scene like after he leaves talking to his dad, he runs into his one friend. Duncan. Duncan. Yeah. And is like, hey. Where are you going? He's like, oh, I'm going to Arrakis. He's like, yeah, I know. I'm coming too. Yeah. And he's like, well, not yet. You're not. I'll meet <laughs> you there. I need to, or we, we're being sent ahead to make sure it's safe or right, something right. like that. Yeah. Um, and while this conversation is going on, Mohim is talking to Lady Jessica mm-hmm. and saying that uh, Paul must be tested.
0: Yes. And <clears throat> I... I think they finish up the conversation at that balcony in Paul's room as he's sleeping, uh, because they're they're ha- they're bas- Mohi, the Reverend Mother is basically chastising Lady Jessica again, and Lady Jessica is a bit apprehensive to what uh, Reverend Mother wants to do because in the book they explain it better. But uh, what is happening is that they're going to test the kid, and if he fails, he dies, he dies. straight away. And Paul hears the conversation. And, uh, the Reverend he's Mother not actually asleep. Yeah, he's like. Eyes are a little bit, like, cracked open, and the Reverend Mother notices it. And right before she notices it, she also mentions, we'll test his ability. He clearly didn't get anything from his father. It'll all be from you or some shit like that. They then go into another room, and the Reverend Mother's holding this, um, like, little, like, uh, jade box. And I believe they call it in the book the agony box. And she uses the voice on him. She tells him in, like, the, like,
1: come here type voice. Well, there's a scene... Between, like, Jessica leads him to the room. Lady Jessica leads him to the room. Does she? I thought he was,
0: like, she was in the room with Paul. The Reverend no, tells because, her to go away.
1: because as as they walk towards the room, you get her internal monologue, like, my son might die right here, right now. Oh, that's right, yeah. And oh, then shoot. she basically, like, wishes him good luck. And, and says, it says, I can't. Paul,
0: you must not fail.
1: Yeah, you must not fail. And then he opens the door. And she uses the voice on him, and, and he's he like, says no, no, and,
0: I'm not gonna. And we hear her internal monologue. like yes, good. He has self control. Oh, he does
1: have some power. Yeah, he can uh, resist
0: because no one else can. Whenever they use the voice on anybody that isn't a potential Benny Gesserit or a Benny Gesserit in general, they immediately succumb to the voice. And then uh, she tells Paul to put his hand in the box. She's like opening in the. She front uses of it.
1: the voice again, and he can't overpower it mm-hmm. the second time. Goes like kneels in front of her, and she's holding the box. She's like, "Do you know what I'm holding?" And he's like, "Fuck box." <laughs> and she's like, "You're going to put your hand in it." And like as as he kneels down, she puts a finger up to his neck, and it's got like a needle on it. Yeah, with the uh,
0: what was it? She calls it, or he call she calls it the gom jabbar. Yeah. Um. And it's uh, basically a poison dagger. Well, in the book, it's a poison dagger. In um, here, it's just like a... A poison needle. It's almost like a thimble that fits over her finger with right. like a needle on with it. With a needle
1: on it. And poison on the needle. It says that if he doesn't put... or He has to put his hand in the box, and if he doesn't... Or if he removes his hand... At any moment. At yeah. any moment, she'll he stick will him. die. Yeah,
0: she'll stick him with the poison. Um, it's very similar in the book. Uh, and then he says, probably one of my favorite bits of dialogue that I've heard in quite a while. And, I rem- and for the longest time, it would say to my head at certain moments in my life, and I could not remember where I picked it up from. But the line is, I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear, it, fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will let it pass over me and through me. And when it has passed, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where it has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will, will remain. It's a fucking great piece it of dialogue is. right there.
1: He doesn't say it yet, though.
0: I thought that was internal monologue that he says. No. As he's putting his hand in the box. Well,
1: yes, but there's... Uh, after she says, you, you gotta put your hand in the box, and if you take it out, I'll kill you. And he's like, well, what's in the box? And she just kind of like looks at him and like half coyly smiles and is like, pain. <laughs> yes. And I completely he, forgot about he that He slowly puts his hand in the box And as he does Then he says The then fear he, is the mind then killer Then he says I must not fear Fear is the mind killer Which yes You are absolutely correct That is a great fucking line Yes
0: And then She just ramps things up She starts telling him Like you're feeling a little tingle And now you're feeling a lot of heat uh, Tons of pressure and heat Now and your skin's melting off <clears throat> And she, they cut to Inside the box in the movie And it just shows like, His hands on fire You see like section of his skin, just sloughing off. Yeah. Um, And he's, he's experiencing this pain. And And you,
1: he, he continues saying that mantra. Yeah. Just on a loop until he can finally no longer take the pain. But rather than take his hand out, he just like screams. Yeah. And then finally she's like, that's enough. Uh, take your hand out. Take your hand out. And only he doesn't at first. Right.
0: And we should also mention, right, when she says that's enough, she her internal is like, good, he lasted longer than anybody else has. Yeah,
1: no no one has ever lasted as long as he did. Maybe yeah. he is the Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> Whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> the Kuala. Uh, Quizette's Quizette. Quizette. Hadarac. Yeah. Quizette. Hadarac. <laughs> yeah. um, the knickknack paddywhack. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> um, so, yeah, she tells Give him. that dog a bone. Right. She tells him to remove his hand. He's a bit apprehensive to that. And then he, she, I think she like yells at him in the voice or something. No. Like that.
1: He, she's just like, it's okay. And like moves her hand away from his neck. And then he removes his hand. And she's like, look at it. Mm. And he, no, I don't want to. It's all fucked up. And then he <laughs> looks at it and it's like, oh, th- there's nothing wrong with it. It's fine.
0: Yep. Perfectly fine. And she's um, like, yeah,
1: it was all in your mind. <laughs> yeah, so,
0: what is the next scene? I think the next scene is them going to Arrakis. No. Or is it when we get first get uh, introduced to... This is where we meet the Harkonnens. Harkonnens.
1: And the way that we meet the Harkonnens is we... Like, see the Death Star Trench, and we just see... Yeah, it's a
0: lot of industrial machinery. We just see a
1: Mentat standing in front of, like, a computer console. Yeah, yeah. And he says...
0: Yeah, this is what I wanted to write down. I couldn't remember It is
1: by will alone I set my mind in motion. It is by the juices, Sappho, that thoughts acquire speed. The lips acquire stains. The stains become a warning. It is by will alone I set my mind in motion. And he takes a sip. And he says... It is, by yes. <laughs> he says it like three times, yes.
0: At that speed, yes. And it's at, at <laughs> yes. And played by Brad, Brad Dorf. Dorf. Uh, if you don't know who that is, he he plays the voice of Chucky in all the Chucky movies, except for that most recent remake one. Uh, they have a Chucky series out now, and he is the voice of Chucky yeah, in that series. Wasn't
1: Mark Hamill? The yes, voice
0: of in that remake movie that remake they did movie, a while yeah. ago. Yes, but he's a fantastic actor. You want to see his acting prowess on fucking spectacle? Watch. Deadwood. He plays the doc in that show. I was
1: gonna say it's not fucking it's spellbinding. Not you want to see some weird ass fucking eyebrows though? <laughs>
0: yes, watch. This him in is This is the movie for that. <laughs> um, but yes, he's approaching uh, House um, Harconan, and uh, he walks in, and he and we see uh, Vladimir. Being worked on by a doctor. And a doctor's clearly obsessed with him because he's like, Your
1: skin. It's so beautiful. <laughs> uh, yes. Even though he's like. He's got like boils and lesions. And-, yes.
0: and I should also mention in the book, when we first get introduced to Vladimir Harkonnen, he's like buff and like in shape and like a menacing looking. I mean, he is menacing when he's fat and like an ogre, but he's more like he could rip me in half type person whenever mm, we first are okay. introduced to Vladimir in the book. And then over the years of him. In power with the uh, emperor and all that, he ends up becoming fat, and he does somewhat float in the book. It's just not as ridiculous as it is in the movie, um, because he's so fat. He has these like uh, I think they call him like suspenders, um, where it, like hooks into his skin and like lifts up his skin, which then give him the ability yeah. to move around like in a floating like stance. Um, anyway, Vladimir is being worked on, and uh, the doctor is telling, uh, or not the doctor, but the uh, the mentat. What is the Mentat's name? I don't know. Oh, uh, oh, uh Peter. Piter. Piter. de Fries is his full name, but uh yeah, uh, Piter, played by Braddorf, is um uh, telling uh Vladimir that the uh, Atreides are going to Arrakis and we need to uh, We need to get ready to set our plan in motion.
1: But he brings Vladimir's nephews? Yeah, his nephews. So it's Fade. I couldn't couldn't remember if it was nephews or uh, sons. Yeah, it's Fade
0: and um, I think it's Radah. Yeah, uh, so it is the Glossu, the Beast, Raban, and Fade, Rathal. Raban is what they call him throughout the movie, but he's got like a nickname, the Beast. And it's just like this skinny, muscular dude, played by Sting, and this big, rotund, menacing-looking motherfucker.
1: Um, like a. Which one's the dumb one? To, is it? No, it's not to kill a mockingbird. The. Uh, George and Lenny. George and Lenny. George and Lemmy. Oh, oh, uh, of Mice and Men. Yeah, of Mice and Men. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's George. Is it George?
0: No, no, no. Because uh, now if I'm Yeah, he constantly calls his
1: brother George. So it's uh, Lenny or Lemmy Lenny or whatever you're Lemmy. Fuck. Yeah. Kind of like that, like, just a big... Motherfucker, yeah, yeah, Big dude, but he doesn't seem like he's very smart.
0: No, and he's constantly smiling through everything. I mean,
1: they both are. Like, I don't know if that was just an acting choice by <laughs> Sting, but, yes. like, Sting looks crazy as fuck in this movie, yeah. like...
0: You wouldn't think of him as the Buddhist that we know him as.
1: like. But he's a bit crazy in this movie. He looks like a straight-up psychopath. Yes. Um, Which, I mean, good for him. Like He was able to pull it off, but like... And he acts pretty well in this movie. It's unsettling. Yes. Both of them are just unsettling. Yeah, because
0: the way he smiles at a lot of things, it's almost like, yes, I'm getting a lot of thrill. Where Sting is like, yes, this is what I need to do in order to do what I want to do. Um, but with the uh, the beast, it's more like, "Yes, I get pleasure out of this pain."
1: Well, no, see, I read it a different way. Mm-hmm. Like to me, the beast's is more like "Ha ha, truck go bird," <laughs> <laughs> where Sting is like, "I am getting so much pleasure." Out of it. <laughs> like just this scene in particular. So after uh, Brad Braddorf is like, "We need to get ready to enact." Our plan, Our plan. Yeah. and Vladimir's like my plan. Yeah. And he's like, okay, fine, your plan. No, he
0: says the plan. The plan. That's right. <laughs> the plan. Yeah. Um, and then he ushers in the nephews. Nephews sit down. The nephews sit down, and and then Brad or uh, then uh, Peter uh, Piter explains to the nephews of what their plan is going to be about. That there's a traitor in uh, Duke Smith's, and he's gonna help us turn on them. And whenever they do, we're gonna run in and roll right over them. While he's having this conversation with the two nephews, we have Sting with a dagger out in his hand at crotch level, stroking it. Yeah, just st- if I d- don't know why, but he is. He's just stroking once it. again, <laughs> unsettling. <laughs> yes. Uh, and while they're having this conversation, we see like um uh, almost um feminine boy come in it's yeah kind it's of like a 17 18 year old boy with like a reverse Mohawk on where it's
1: just a bald yeah a bald stripe strip <laughs> down the, the center. center um who's like changing flowers or something yeah
0: and he walks in and uh and uh, Vladimir sees him and he almost gets like this like almost borderline rapist pedophile look on him. Like, I'm going to do evil things to you, and there's nothing you can do about it, type look on his face. And as they're having and then this he conversation, turns on
1: his suspenders.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, he slaps his chest and it activates his suspenders, or suspenders is what they call them in the book, I believe. Or maybe um, I'm just, just pre- misremembering that. Yeah, it's suspenders, but whatever.
1: He like floats up to the ceiling and then somehow gets like coated in oil. Oh, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> they don't
0: explain it in the book or in the movie at all. So it's basically, yes, uh, from what I've read online, it's basically like the byproduct of this industrial planet. It's just oil and like ground up metal and shit.
1: And he's like, oh, and he gets a... Almost uh,
0: orgasmic feeling. Like from a,
1: a, a b- hot brown shower. Yes. <laughs> and he just and pours then, right over his back. And then he floats down yes. to this reverse Mohawk kid and, like, right over where his heart is, there's, like, this little contraption thing. They call them
0: heart plugs.
1: Right. Um, and everybody, like, all of the Harkonnens have one, apparently. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it, it's not in
1: the book, but it is for the movie. And so. he, like, looks at this little kid and, like, starts rubbing over him. Yeah. And the kid, like, tries to fight back, but he's slippery because of all the oil. Yeah. And he just like reaches down and pulls the kid's heart plug out, and just blood starts spurting yeah. out of his chest. And Sting is still over in the corner, stroking his dagger. <laughs> yeah. That's and, not a euphemism. And smiling <laughs> like a maniac. And that, I think this scene is why, like, for the rest of the movie, I'm just like, every time he's on screen, I'm like, Ew. <laughs> Maybe. Like um, it's it's very it's not a euphemism that he's stroking his dagger, but yeah, it's yeah. very much a euphemism. <laughs> yeah. Like he is like it looks like he is getting as much pleasure out of mm. watching this kid die as Vladimir, um, Vladimir is, is actually is doing killing it. him.
0: I don't I don't think he eats him. He just like bathes in the guy's blood, yeah. pretty much. Kid basically dies, we then cut to
1: Now it's the Duke. Yeah, th- them going walking, to Iraq. Well, walking out to like their ship. Yeah, to be officially sent off by and their people turning around with the pug.
0: With the pug. This is the first time we see the pug. And I'll No it's re- not.
1: I thought it was. No. Right at the very beginning of the movie, like in the king's or in the uh emperor's chamber, mm-hmm. there's a woman that walks by with like six or eight pugs. Really?
0: I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> this is the first time we see the singular pug because it comes up yes. later on where Gurney has the pug. The pug is just wandering in the hallways while everything's fucking going crazy. Um, anyway, yeah, they're being sent off to Arrakis and they just sit in like the main chamber of their spaceship.
1: Oh, we, just... we did miss another scene. Um, before, before this happens, like it's night again and Paul is having another dream. Mm. And his dad the duke like rolls up something into a bronze tube
0: yeah 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 it's almost like uh like a decree of some sort or no it's
1: it's before this because
0: um well yeah it is because uh what's his name uh, that's what uh piter was bringing, yeah, bringing to, to vladimir. V- vladimir and vladimir was like not having anybody just tosses in the, like the um, mixture thing
1: and it's he Basically, is telling the Harkonnens that he doesn't want to deal with them.
0: Yeah, and it, that he runs
1: Arrakis and all that, blah blah blah. And, and then, he seals. Then that's it, whenever they he go seals on. it with like a signet ring. Yeah, they
0: call it the Dussel Signet, and it's basically like a family ring crest type thing where it gets passed down to father and son and like that.
1: It's like uh, it's like a hot wax.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think kinda, we saw it a few like times way, in Game of
1: Thrones. Yeah, kind of, kind of the way like kings and stuff mm. would seal envelopes mm. with hot wax and some sort the, of like either it's a ages. ring stamp or like an actual right stamp, an actual stamp stamp just to i don't know like add legitimacy like it'd be like getting something notarized yeah where you yeah, get the, yeah. the embossed stamp on yeah it.
0: yeah pretty much
1: um and that's what brad takes to vladimir and is basically just saying yeah i don't want Anything to do with you, like, just go away. And then he gets pissed and he throws it in the water.
0: The, yeah, the, the like, oily the shit oily that's, water. like, surrounding all of them or some shit. Like, it's on and the, it's on and the and floor. And then I also
1: forgot that the beast, like... Oh, yeah. He has some sort of, like, juice box type thing with, right. like, a beetle or something in yeah, it. Yeah, with some sort of insect in it. And he crushes it, and then he starts drinking it. Yes. Like, it's a juice box. Like, this is a no. thing he
0: does. The Atreides are going to Arrakis, and we just see it. The, this is the first time we actually see someone travel through or to a different area. And uh, We see the navigator activating it. We see them just basically going from one place to the other. There's no, like, long trip or anything like that. It's like they're there at, on Kaladin, and then they're and there then at, they're at Arrakis. Arrakis. And then we just go through, like, the rick and roll of them just settling on Arrakis. uh, Them setting up station there on Arrakis. Them being introduced to the Fremen's. We see Lady Jessica, like, walking with Dr. uh, Yui. And he's, like, Dr. Yui is uh, showing Lady Jessica the servants uh, that they are now going to utilize from the Fremen people. And they're more than happy to do it. And we should also mention, like, the Fremen. In the book, the Fremen have blue-on-blue eyes, which is just... It's not any. It's not glowing like it is in the movie. Obviously, because of the limitations of like a 1980s movie, it looks like they're glowing. But in the actual book, they're just like blue, uh, white of an eye, like the around the cornea and everything that's blue, and then the actual eye iris is blue. Okay. So it's blue on blue. They just refer to them as blue on blue type eyes, and this is just like the regular looking eye, just but they're glowing glowing blue. blue.
1: Yes. Um, and as Lady. Jessica is looking at the servants.
0: And this is where we get indication that some that Dr. Yui is hiding something. Because Lady Jessica asks, like, what's wrong? And Yui says, well, if Vladimir comes here, it's going to be hard for me because they killed my wife. And Well,
1: he doesn't say that his wife was killed. He I just, thought he did. No, he just, like, says, my wife. And then he gets choked up. Oh, and right. she's like, they must have killed her. Yeah because because he, he says something about hating Harkonens. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, "Well, why do you hate the Harkonens?" and he says like, "My wife," and then that's all he chokes out. And then she's like, "Oh, they must have killed her." Like I should I shouldn't press this any further. Yeah. yeah. But while they're doing that, um A, the duke, the duke and Paul, Paul and Gurney. And Gurney are being fitted
0: with uh, what they call still suits and they actually call them in the movie and they're fucking fascinating fucking pieces of uh just the idea of them alone it'd be interesting to see if we can ever come up with something like that so they are so as the body sweats you generate water it's very salty water very not something you want to drink on a regular basis but the suit because it is a mainly desert planet the Fremen have come up with a suit that basically filtrates the sweat off your body and takes out all the salt out of the water and then basically turns it into drinking drinking water water. Um, and just basically through all the like different like ripples and pouches
1: across your chest and arms and stuff it stores it in there and not only does that help cool you Mm -hmm. because you're just you just have cool water Mm -hmm. like on your chest and stuff um it also doubles as drinking water and Mm -hmm. then
0: the um It, it will also filtrate uh urine and feces as well but it also has like an air supply system within it as well. So you have like this tube, almost like um, like uh, oxygen. Uh, yeah, that you would get in a hospital, like the actual tube that like clips into like the uh, under into
1: your nose, into your
0: nose. Uh, it's similar to that. Um, they have a tube that comes out of like their shoulder that also they could just put in their mouth, like a camel backpack water thing that you can mm-hmm. get. Um, and it just it's all right there on them. They're, they're being taught that by uh, what these steel suits are by Max von Sydow. He, and we see, Ma, uh, I can't remember the name who of the character. he
1: says he isn't... Um,
0: he's not um, Fremen, but he has been on Arrakis for a while. Right,
1: and that's why he has the bright blue eyes. Yes. And Paul asks him, and is like like, are, are you one of the Fremen? And he's like, no, I'm not. I've just been here for... A, A good long lie. time, and
0: there are crews on the planet of Arrakis mining the actual spice within right. the sand that are
1: that. that are here from the Emperor, and that's what he does. He's like the foreman, the main foreman, yeah. Um, and he they're talking about how how everything works to mine the spice. Like the the ships come down and land, and they mine, but as they mine, it generates. Uh, Noise. Noise. Like vibration. And vibration. And that's what causes the sandworms to attack. So before the sandworms attacking the spice miners happens all the time. Mm -hmm. So before they get to these big apparatus that actually get the spice out of the ground, ships come down and pull the spice mining rig off the, off the ground. Yes. And the Duke's like, okay, I want to go see the spice mining operation. Like, show me, Yeah, show me the operation. And this guy, like, checks their suit and is telling them how to wear it and stuff. And he gets to Paul, and he looks at it, and he's like, who who told you how to wear this suit? Yeah, and yeah. he's like, it just seemed like this is the way it's supposed to be yeah. worn. And he's like, it's configured for and desert. he's like, it's configured for, like, surviving in the desert. Like, how did you know how to do that? And he's like, I guess I just did. And then it flashes to inside his mind, and he's like, he knows his ways as if he was one of you yes which is one uh, of the just tenets into, of uh, the the prophecy
0: prophecy yeah uh yeah they go to check out this uh, spice mining facility rig whatever the fuck it's like a little like sand crawler type thing very similar to a sand crawler yeah and it's not as boxy it's more round in this movie but it is and
1: a worm is coming to attack it. Yep. Uh,
0: so they get to there uh, to check out the facility, and right when they get to the actual rig, a sandworm is starting to swallow up the facility. Well, no, before they get there. I thought uh, right when they got there, it's starting to swallow no. it up. All these people are rushing out. No,
1: it's coming, coming to the facility as they're flying in, like they're flying above it, and they call it worm sign. It's like heat lightning or something above. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the guy calls out to. The mining rig and is like, hey, we have worm sign over here. It looks to be about 16 minutes away. Mm. And uh, before he calls out to hail them, because the Duke tells him to hail him, And he's like, okay, I will. And then Gurney says. But don't mention who's on there. Don't say who's here. And he's like, okay. Just calls in as an unidentified vessel. Like, hey, you've got worm signs coming. We just wanted to let you know. And they're like, oh, wow, it's 15 minutes away. Like, you guessed that pretty much on the nose. Who's on that flight? Yeah, and they don't answer. (laughs) And they don't answer. And then they just kind of, like, hover and wait and see what's going to happen. And as the worm keeps getting closer, they hear somebody call out on the radio and, like, why aren't you guys evacuating? They're like, "Our, our rig isn't picking up. Like, something must be wrong with it. Like... We don't know what's going on. And then the Duke picks up and is like, God damn it, this is the fucking Duke! Like, get the hell out of there! <laughs> yes. They're like, we can't. And he's like, well, how many men do you have? And they're like, oh, there's 20 of us. And he looks at the the man who's been here for a while, Max von Sydow's character, and is like, get down there. We're going to save as many of these men as we can. Yes, And... I think Gurney says something. He's like, but what about the spice? And the Duke's just like, to hell with the spice. <laughs> like, I want to save these men. Yes. Their more, lives are more important than this shit. Yes. Uh, so and, yeah. and Max Van Sidal's character is, uh, like, kind of surprised by this as they're, like, loading everybody up and, Like, the Duke runs to the door. Like, you can tell why he's well-liked, because Mm. he genuinely seems to care about his people. Someone of nobility is uh, caring for, like, the plebs. And, yeah, and (laughs) Max von Sydow's, like, kind of taken aback, and he, like, questions it in his mind. He's like, he cares more about the people than the spice? Mm. Like, as much as I know he must die... I kind of like this guy. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah. So uh, I don't think much else happens. I'm assuming that the people that they enter into the facility, enter into their like space rig flying apparatus, whatever the fuck um, they get to safety because we just see them later on in the day.
1: Yeah. um, Just in this castle pyramid thing that they're in. And Paul is just walking around and he gets like a vision.
0: No, no, no. He he's um um popping spice.
1: Oh, is he popping spice? Yeah, he
0: has. He's, he's scanning the container that has the spice, and he gets the all clear that it's safe to eat. He pops one of them, and then he starts tripping. Oh, okay. that's where he gets the vision and everything. Um, and then as he's like tripping balls, uh, this device comes into the room. It's uh like a hypodermic needle with like, like, a, with the ability to fly like a household drone. Um, and it's just like floating in the air and yeah, it's looking he, around.
1: I think he calls it a hunter seeker. Yes,
0: he calls it a hunter seeker. Um, and he's like, I have to remain perfectly, perfectly still perfectly or it get And me. we don't even see him like move his eyes or anything like that. He's completely still. Um, we see the thing like floating he is around statue. him. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's floating around him and it looks like it may catch on to that Paul's actually well, he's, there.
1: He's like running through scenarios in his head and he's like... like if I catch it this I, way... I should try to catch it, but... It has some sort of oil or something on it that makes it incredibly hard to grab onto. If I do grab onto it, I have to hold it tightly. Mm. Um, I could call for help, but if I call for help, then the door will open and it'll kill whoever's behind the door. Um, I'm not sure exactly what to do. And it just kind of like is moving closer and closer to him. And he's like, okay, it's almost within range for me to grab it. And then the door starts to open and it like Like redirects towards redirects towards the door. Shoots at it, he grabs it and manages to take it off course into the wall. Yep. And there's a little uh, Freeman woman.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Linda Hunt, uh, her claim to fame for me anyway is the principal in Kindergarten Cop.
1: Yeah, she's a little <laughs> lady.
0: <laughs> and,
1: uh, when I saw her in this movie, I was like, oh shit, she's in this movie. Uh, so yeah, and she's. That's, that's, I think that's it for me too. Because <laughs> yeah. as soon as I saw her, I was like, I know her from something else. <laughs> yeah. Like, what else do I know her from? Yeah,
0: yeah, The principal from yeah. kindergarten
1: gum. <laughs> but she's, you know, very grateful and is like, oh, you just saved my life. Like...
0: I must return... The Fremen's always pay their debts or some shit like that. Um, And I must return the favor. And she's like... I heard...
1: Or I know that you have a traitor in your midst. Yeah. And they're going to...
0: Betray you soon. Betray
1: you. I didn't see who they were, but they're someone.
0: Yep. What is the next scene?
1: Is it the Harkonnens' arrival right away?
0: No, because right before the Harkonnens arrive, we get the exposition of Dr. Yue uh, betraying the Duke. But I'm wondering why the Duke... Because the way it starts off is like the Duke goes into Paul's room, watches him sleep for a second, then leaves, says, Sleep well, my son... Exits oh yeah, the that's right. But I'm wondering Exits, why he's.
1: I think he's just walking around and sees like goes in to check on his son. Son, yeah, I guess. And is like, oh, okay, sleep well, son. And then he goes and finds that woman like, that he's he's walking around and sees that the woman that Paul just saved is now dead.
0: Well, she's choking. He hears or her choking. choking. Yeah, that's right. And then she falls to the ground right when he enters the main room that she's in. Um, we should also mention right when the, his father leaves his bedroom, Paul is having a nightmare and he says, oh, father, you're going to get hurt or you're drugged or my father's going to get drugged or something along those lines. Like hinting at what's going to happen like seconds uh, right. from now, which just plays more into him being a Benny Gesserit and what happens later on in the movie. Um, but yes, uh, as, uh, the Duke is like, watching this woman die and, like, trying to help her. Uh, he hears some commotion off the other end of the room and then sees just an arm around a corner or a bookshelf or something like that and just sees it and then poof, something fires towards him and it hits him right in the chest. He's He stumbles back against the wall and then out comes Dr. Yue. And Dr. Yue is like, look, I needed the fucking Harkonnens to get here because of what they did to my wife.
1: I, yes, I betrayed you, but... I only did it so that I could kill a man. Yes,
0: um, Vladimir Harkonnen, um, and he was he. Oh, he tells him that uh, you're not dying; you're just drugged right now. And I've also uh, sabotaged the shielding that's around this place, so the Harkonnen so are going to be here.
1: Get in here. They are going to kill you, but I can use you to kill him. Yes. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull a tooth. And replace it with this false one that's full of poison gas. As... Because whenever Vladimir kills you, he's going to want you close. Mm. Remember, bite down on the tooth and... Uh, all you'll have to do is bite the tooth and produce an exhale. Yes. And it will kill him. Yep.
0: And he also gives uh, Duke his word that he will help well, Lady Jessica and the Paul Duke's, escape. Duke's like...
1: No. Yeah, I. He just says refuse. Yeah, <laughs> refuse. And he's like, "If you do this, I will make sure that Paul and Jessica are safe."
0: Yes. Um. He reluctantly agrees. We see him remove the tooth and then put in a new tooth right away with like this like cylindrical device of some sort. Um. We then cut to a mass chaos is happening at this point we see things blowing up we see like in the main control area where the shielding was they're panicking because they're like it's fucking dropping the shields down we don't know what the hell's going on we see the Harkonnen ships starting to descend into the atmosphere and then yeah they're just just running around the
1: fuck out of everything
0: yeah we see explosions happening we see one guy get thrown from an explosion down some steps and then we see the pug um, right past his dead body Walking up steps and shit Just like No This is where I need to it's go like, oh Did you fucking die That sucks <laughs> right. Boop 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 uh, I hope they rub your belly Because you're playing dead Really well <laughs> You are a good boy <laughs> right. Uh We then cut to the Just I think A l- few more explosions Are happening We see Duncan Like taking out guys Left and right um, And And in the book, it's a bit different. So Doctor Ua does uh, make, I think, makes the same promise that he would help Lady Jessica and Paul escape, but then fails at it. But then Duncan in in the in the movie he does die as well. Very similar in the movie, where he gets shot in the head it, in his last ditch effort, and they make him like a, some sort of a badass in the book, where he takes out like nineteen guys in like one setting to try to get Lady Jessica. And Paul out of the the castle and to safety in some manner.
1: Well, he Gurney goes and takes a force to kill a bunch of
0: yeah, and he has the pug people. with him, like strapped to his chest yeah, <laughs> as to he's his chest. as he's like charge and goes down and tries to take out like I think the the soldiers for the Harkonnens are like the Sarakens or some shit like that. It's like the uh, uh, the emperor's like special elite men, right? But they just look like the. Black version of the um, hazmat team from Monsters Inc., where it's just like a yeah, black jumpsuit of. with like the glass screen in front of them with like weapons. It looks very similar to the those characters from Monsters Inc. Which apparently they need it to breathe or something because um, yeah, because one of them gets stabbed in the face and it like freaks out and like dies. It's uh,
1: like the glass gets stabbed. Yeah, it's, um, which one of them does it? I think it's just a random, like, soldier. No, no, no. It. It's, uh, it's, uh, what's his name? The the badass. Oh, Duncan. Duncan. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I'm having so much trouble remembering <laughs> Duncan. Probably because he's, like, in this movie, he's kind of a throwaway character. It like, is. You, he's like, a bit more important you, than the book. You see him at the very beginning, It's like, Duncan! Like, this is his best friend. Like, it's gonna be some big thing. And then you see him in this scene. Like, he's got a cadre of men, and he's... At at this point, um, oh, no, we we missed the scene. So before this happens, Vladimir is standing over the bodies of Paul and Lady Jessica. Yeah, yeah. And (laughs) he's like, I finally have them. Jessica is gagged, and she wakes up, and he's like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You're drugged. We had to put that gag in your mouth so you didn't use the voice on us because we know you'd use the voice on us. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, uh, "I want to spit on your face." <laughs> yes, because I can. What? <laughs> I want to spit on your face before I. Uh, he's like, "Oh, I'm going. I'm going to kill you, <laughs> but I want to spit on your face first. Just a little spittle for you." Little spit. Oh, Jesus Christ. He and then fucking spits. Yeah, and then dumps
0: a bucket fucking of... Fucking like, it, it hits right in there. <laughs> right, right where the corner of your eye and the edge of your nose meets. That little, like, pocket right there. It hits squarely on there and just rests right on her eye. How many takes? Fucking gross. How many takes? A, I'm hoping whenever they cut to the shot of it landing on her, it's A, fake, and not actual spit, and I hope it was just one take. Because that would be disgusting. Repeatedly being spit. No,
1: I feel like David Lynch, being the purist that he is, was like, nope, it's got to be real spit. (laughs) And she was just like, I have to fucking do this? Really? (laughs) Take two. (laughs) Take three. (laughs) 83 takes later. (laughs) Take four. (laughs) Hey, guys, if we're going to keep doing this, I need some water. (laughs) Okay, I'm better. (laughs) Ugh. I hate my job. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, um, and then yeah, he just fucks off, and then he's just kind of like, okay, now you can
0: take them yeah, into Pater or Piter. You can do whatever you want, or no, no. He's like, make sure that they die slowly, and they're like, well, the best way to do that is to throw them into a sandworm.
1: Well, no, uh, Pater just says we'll we'll throw them into us, or we'll throw them to the sandworms like the doctor suggested, mm. and. I don't remember Is it the beast? No, it's just two random guys that take him into the like dropship or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um and then there's a scene
0: I should also mention like everyone that's a redhead in this movie, with the exception of alia is or Alia, I think is her name, is a redhead. Just want to mention that.
1: All the Harkonens are redheads. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> Except for Sting. No, I thought he was a redhead. Yeah, well he's got kind of like an orangish tint to his blonde hair. Okay. But like full on redheads. Uh-huh. Okay, I, guess we're I just want I just want that out I there. guess we're just all crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or deranged so, maniacs. So you know what's gonna happen is I'm gonna fucking Cosby your tea one day. <laughs> you're gonna wake up, you're gonna have a gag in your mouth, and I'm just gonna look at you and be like, I want to spit on you. Just a little spittle. <laughs> oh, I didn't get a good one. Take two. <laughs> All right, and then for the next three days, I'm just gonna spit on you. <laughs>
0: um, uh, uh, but yeah, uh, Vladimir fucks off. Uh, uh, Jessica and and this is where Duncan dies. So as in the movie, anyway.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, as they're being ushered into the well, like, the, he like he comes down the steps. and Is like they have to be down on these lower levels somewhere. Yeah, and then they're like. He's like, "Look, there they are. <laughs> that was easy." <laughs> yeah. They're being ushered his, a- away. Like his group of soldiers charges the enemies. He single-handedly takes out like five guys or so. Mm-hmm. Um he's using his
0: He's got shielding his, on. His Minecraft it, Yeah, Steam Minecraft costume shielding, yeah.
1: And uh for whatever reason this dart goes slowly yeah like they mentioned earlier slow slow, that it pierces through the shield and just through his head yeah and the like you hear i think you hear his name like three times because right at the beginning of the like the first time you're introduced to him it's duncan (laughs) and like the second time it's like a little bit like like i'm disappointed in you but i still love you and (laughs) Duncan. <laughs> the third time it's Duncan. Yes, and his full name is Duncan
0: Idaho. <laughs> For whatever reason, Duncan D's nuts. <laughs> Ooh boy. Uh, yeah. So Duncan dies. Uh, there. Jessica and Paul are ushered into like this main like aircraft of some sort with like two two idiots with like the reverse mohawk on as well. Um. Yeah, I don't think it cuts, I think it's just them being ushered away. One of the guys gets it in his head that, oh, I know what I'm going to do. They don't straight out say that this is what he's going to do, but he starts rubbing on Lady Jessica's leg. Uh, He's probably, if it was a lesser director, probably would have tried to rape
1: Lady Jessica. But as that happens, Paul kind of wakes up and you hear him use the voice for the first time. Yes. Don't touch my mother.
0: It's very guttural. Like the anybody that uses the voice, quote unquote, it's very guttural.
1: Whenever they start using it, actually, um, and it doesn't work. Like he doesn't have control over it yet. And they kind of they no. kind of like laugh about it. Yeah. And they and they butt him in the, the head with their gun. The other one's like, the other one's like, oh look, he's trying to he's trying to use the little one is trying. Or, to- yeah, the little one barks or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And then he just fucking hits him with a gun. Doesn't really knock him out, but like knocks him back down. Yeah, and then the the guy who's not flying is like, "Okay, time to go back to raping," <laughs> yes. and like starts to
0: like caress her leg, caress upper her leg, her dress, and
1: and yeah. um. Then Paul says, "Take off my mother's gag." Yeah, yeah, and, and with sh- the the voice, with the voice, yeah, and the guys just like. Duh, okay <laughs> yes. And so he takes it off And she's like, oh good He He's learned how to control it or harness it yeah, Or yeah. something like that An
0: internal monologue
1: Yeah, internal monologue Because she's still gagged at this point right? So if it wasn't an internal monologue It would be like <laughs> <laughs> Right
0: um, um, And she, he, the gag is taken off of her And then she just takes over using the voice Yeah,
1: and she's like, you know, I know what you want
0: But there isn't enough for there, me to go around No,
1: there, there's no need to fight over yeah, me Yeah, that's it and then the guy's like, "Oh yeah, you're right," and he just looks at his friend, whose back is turned, and stabs him in the side with a poison dagger. Yeah, uh,
0: and the only reason we know it's a poison dagger is because we have Paul's internal monologue saying, "A poison oh, dagger, a poison dagger." <laughs> I'm like, how would you know that? Because <laughs> all we see is his hand tightening, which I would assume, depending on the nerve or how the person was stabbed, you would have a hand constrict in some Well, manner. yeah, there's
1: there's some sort of reaction to being stabbed in yes. the side. <laughs> so trust, him, automatically me, <laughs> yeah. him automatically assuming... Uh, trust me, I know.
0: Him automatically assuming... I don't remember that dagging.
1: it was my hand, but it was definitely a reaction. <laughs> like You're not just like, oh, I got stabbed in my side whatevs right like
0: ow that hurt something has entered me (laughs) ow I did
1: not consent (laughs) so driver dies and then lady Jessica's like you can have your way with me but first cut my son's bonds yep and so he cuts his cuts Paul's bonds And, (laughs) and and we should also mention that like Whenever Jessica comes to, she like looks up and sees the diamond.
0: Oh yeah, in the ceiling which of the is, aircraft. That which in. is
1: Doctor Ua's. Yeah,
0: he's got like a he's got imperial conditioning. They should mention they mention that throughout the movie. Yeah, he's got imperial conditioning, which then because he has a, a doctor imperial conditioning he has like a diamond on his forehead.
1: And it's his symbol or whatever. Yeah, and so. she's like, oh, okay, well that's. He did something, and then she looks back and sees another diamond. It's like, oh, he left us these two suits.
0: Yeah, the he she sees, like, still suits, like, tucked away uh, close by. And, uh, Paul takes out the other uh, guy that's about to yeah, harm his as, mother.
1: As soon as he's untied, he yeah, just like, kicks him in the face. Yeah.
0: <laughs> just straight up whack right in the fucking face. Um, And immediately grabs control of the aircraft that they're in, Um, which has
1: been listing, and it hits a yeah. Like part of it gets like knocked rock, broken apart, chip, and one of the one of the engines gets knocked off. Yeah, and so they're crashing, crashing, but with style because Paul kind of has control and he's (laughs) fighting really hard, and he's like, (laughs) "We can't land in the open uh, sand because if we do, then it's sure to bring a worm, and we'll just die." Yeah, so we'll go this way towards this small rock yeah and so they go to the small rock and yeah they grab the steel suits they grab the steel suits, like a few provisions as well or no no no. i'm sorry before while they're crashing it flashes back to uh the castle area and it's vladimir like standing over the duke with
0: oh yeah this is where we get peter or whatever piter
1: piter yeah Peter Piter Peck to Pick. Uh, right. Um, <laughs> you damn, tried. I, r- you I tried. I really <laughs> fucked that up. Yeah. You really tried, and now you're thinking Peter, you about it.
0: It's Piter. Piter. Uh, P-I-T-A-R. Piter.
1: P- Piter. Piter. Pep uh, Piter. Piter Peeper? <laughs> Peter Peeper? Peter Piper. Piter's Peter Peed. Piter Peeper pack, picked a pack of pickled peppers. <laughs> Fuck! Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers. <laughs> You're not even doing it right there. Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers. Yes. Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers. <laughs> there you go. Piter pep... pepper. <laughs> Damn it! You changed that one word and it just becomes... Pi- <laughs> yeah, piter... It's so... Like, you can't go from... Piter to, to Piper. Pi- to go from pie to... Piter, Piter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers. <laughs> 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 fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Piter, Pepper, fuck. <laughs> anyway, we're way off time. Like, right. We've got enough other shit going on. Right. I'm going to practice. We'll, we'll get it down for next week.
0: Oh, oh
1: boy. <laughs> <laughs> the next time we talk about Piter Piper. Yes. Piter Piper picked a pick...
0: Nope. Pick no. <laughs> <laughs> you really tried to get it in there one last I time. I did. I was like, wait, I can do this. <laughs> nope.
1: Um, there's a scene with Dr. Yue. Yeah, yeah. So Real right quick.
0: before the, the scene with the Duke, uh, it's Dr. Yue with Vladimir and Piter right behind him. And <laughs> right away, Vladimir's like, you want to go see my your wife? And Piter's like, oh, you have her? She's alive? I'm like, no, dummy. You know what he's fucking talking about? Because shortly after he says, oh, you have my wife? Then he catches on, oh, wait, no. I know what you're and talking you're gonna about. You're going to kill
1: me. Um, and right away. And Piter says, um, like, I helped break your imperial conditioning. Or no, she he tells that to... Lady Jessica. Lady Jessica. How
0: we got him to turn on uh, House Atreides is they broke his imperial condition. And I was
1: the one that did it. Because mm-hmm. I'm so smart. But then he's like, fine, we'll let you see your wife. And Piter stabs him in the back. Yep. And he died. I don't know why,
0: but St- Dean Stockwell chose a way to die that was a bit overdramatic. So he gets stabbed and he immediately is like, ah! Yells out and like arches his uh, back just in a reverse, like, or, or, almost like he's going to do a back bend. Um, Puts his one arm up in the air, and then he's, like, as he's holding that position, then immediately just drops to the ground onto his knees. Like, there's no, like, slowly dropping to his knees. He's in that weird backbend move, and then just drops to his knees. And like, then
1: looks at Vladimir and is like, do you think I don't know what I gained for my wife? And then... And then, bleh, dies. <laughs> yes. For whatever reason.
0: And then, yes, then we get the scene with Duke, and they're basically, like, rubbing all over Duke's face, like, ah, I beat you, blah, blah,
1: blah. Well, and Piter uh, is kind of, and, like, the Duke's, like, half groggy, because he's still drugged. Yeah. And he's like, "It's something I'm supposed to remember. The tooth. Yes. The tooth. And... And he starts crying. And... Yeah, Vladimir walks up
0: even closer to him. He's like, "Why is he crying?" Piter, why is he crying? And he starts smacking Duke's face. Like, why is this happening? Make it stop. Type uh, like reaction to him
1: crying. And then he kind of like backs off. And what is it like? And his groggy like tears are like they they call them like life water or something.
0: So in this in I don't know if they call it in this instance, but in the the world of Dune. Um, whenever somebody dies, they, they call it like, uh, making his water or like blending his water with the rest of us. And it's basically like, they have devices in the movie where they can basically, cause the human body is like 70% water. They basically like suck out all the water cause it's a, a scarce commodity on, uh, Arrakis. Right. So whenever they say they're going to join our waters or you your water will be our water, whatever the fuck. Um, that's what they
1: mean. Well,
0: And they say something similar here. I can't remember exactly what they say. He
1: says, like, my life water for my son or something. Yeah. And then he, the Duke kind of, like, flies back and is like, but your son, your son. And Piter, like, looks over his face. And as soon as he does, he clicks the tooth and just, <sighs> Yes. And, <laughs> and full, Pite- on, full on, like, fucking dragon breathes. Yeah, and we see from
0: Piter, or not from Piter's, but uh, from Duke's point of view, and he he sees Piter for a second, but then he thinks he sees uh, Vladimir. And automatically assumes, oh, I've got him right in front of me, and then that's when he uh, cracks the tooth and everything.
1: Which, this is also an interesting death scene, because Braddorf's just kind of like, huh? But. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> we then cut to like seconds later And Vladimir's outside the room Where Dir just died And he's like asking his Am nearby I dead? Guards, Am I dead? Am I dead? <laughs> and the guard's like no sir you're not dead He's like yes I'm not dead And floats in the air just screams I'm not dead I'm alive Like oh right yeah That's
1: and then a weird we, choice And then we cut back to them crash, actively crashing The uh, the flying fly, the, 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 Yeah the flying Machine, machine, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the aircraft and Lady Jessica's like, your father is dead. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Paul's just like, I know. Yes, because because
0: they are Benny Gesserits. They can feel that type of thing. It's very fucking similar to like the Force, the Force and the Jedi and shit like that. Um, but yeah, they crash. They exit the vehicle. They're perfectly fine by the way from the crash. Maybe
1: a bit jostled, but that's about it. Lady Jessica says ten thousand deaths isn't enough for. Ua yeah, yeah, and is just like wailing because the duke is dead yeah yeah, and they Paul, go to the, the the Paul is sitting there like why am I not sad yeah this is after
0: like, they go to like the that small like grouping of rocks after they exit the actual flying oh, machine yeah, yeah so they go to the main like the small grouping the rocks. safety of rocks because his, his mom is wailing the, uh, and crying the worms can't do anything with rocks
1: yeah can't t- they're they have to follow Graboid rules.
0: Yeah, pretty much, yeah. It's very similar to that. Um, but yeah, Paul is like, why don't I feel anything? And he looks up at the second moon, and he remembers, oh, that's the moon from my dream.
1: And he starts, he gets another vision here, I think. Yeah. And then he's like, you brought me here because you knew the spice would change me. Like, accusing his mom. And she's like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. Like, you, you haven't changed at all. And he's like you're carrying my unborn, my unborn sister. Yeah. And she's like, oh, it's working. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, they put on the still suits uh, during this whole
0: uh, conversation as well. And they start trying to walk away and then they see a sandworm off in the distance. And they're like, shit, we need to get to that bigger fucking mountain over there. Because that's a big worm. Yep, and we'll be safe over on that big-ass mountain.
1: Yeah, if we get to the big rock. Little rock little protection big yeah. rock big protection <laughs> right and he's like ua also left us a thumper thumper yep um and it's just uh, what it its name is it's just a device it's, that makes like a thumping it's a it's a piston that go that uh once you activate it it drops the piston and thumps rhythmically yep Making just, a vibration. Just the same rhythm over and over again. So it, Yeah,
0: and Paul says whenever they're walking away from the thumper, they need to walk in with, rhythm.
1: Without rhythm. I thought within no, rhythm with the thumper. he says without rhythm, so it will go to the thumper oh, okay. instead of us. Okay. Because if they walked with the same rhythm as the Although thumper. I thought they were
0: masking themselves
1: from w- the actual... No, no, no. It's basically walk like a drunk person does because it's really hard to judge... Like, if you've ever tried to, like, catch a drunk person or help them by, like, anticipating what way their body's going to move, it's really difficult because the drunk body just kind of, like... Moves where it's becomes, best suited. Becomes a wacky-waving, inflatable-arm-flailing tube man. <laughs> right. It's just like, woo. <laughs> right. um, either way, it doesn't work because shortly after, like, trying to
0: run away from the thumper and away from the sandworm, the sandworm's like, nope, I can definitely know where you are. Uh,
1: you're walking. You're walking with a rhythm. It's not the same <laughs> rhythm as this, but I can tell there are two distinct types of rhythm because you're not walking at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Like Paul takes a step, Jessica takes a step. Paul takes a step, Jessica takes a <laughs> yeah. step, and then they're like falling into the dunes. I mean, yeah, just tripping because, into the sand. Yeah. Because if you've ever tried to walk in like really deep sand, it's very difficult, and you like sink into yeah. it. Uh, so, yeah, they're they're trying to scurry up the side of this mountain and just
0: trying their damnedest. And it looks like they're being able to hide behind, like, like either side of the, like, this little cave. Area, yeah. And the worm catches up to them and just starts hammering its head into the side of the mountain. And uh, does it a few times. Where Paul is, it just completely collapses. He falls over and just tumbles to the ground. And... Oh, no. As he hits the ground on the sand where he he thinks the sandworm is going to get him, we then hear another thumper off in the distance. The sandworm goes to that thumper. Paul stands up, walks back up to where his mom is. And his mom is like, why did it go away? Why did it go away? It just starts crying for no reason whatsoever.
1: (laughs) He's like, bitch, there's another thumper. (laughs) somebody Somebody activated it. Somebody else helped us. And then just magically he's like, look. Stairs that were carved by humans. Yeah, Let's yeah. go! <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so they start climbing the staircase.
0: Uh, right when they turn like a cave wall, um, boom. They immediately are face-to-face with a bunch of Fremen people. And they're like, we didn't even hear them. How are they able to... And there's a bunch of them right here. Yeah. How are they able to be here so quickly and we didn't notice them at I'll, all? Uh,
1: I'll clue them in. They were just standing there. (laughs) Yes. You walked into them. They did not walk to you. (laughs) Right. And uh, uh, what is his
0: name? Stilgard is like, I will uh, keep the boy as a a servant. Yeah, my servant. Or or something like that. And his mom's like, nah, And like quickly grabs him, has him by the neck. And he's like, You you know the weirding ways. Paul books it right away because his mom's like, Paul, run. He starts booking it, snaking his way through like the small cavern. He gets stopped by Chani, who has a gun on him.
1: Well, no, he, like, he fucking knocks like three guys out yeah, on right. his run. Yeah, and then he's like crouched down. He's like, "How am I gonna save my mom?" And then he turns around. And is like, Oh, hi. Yes. Yeah, uh, and uh, it's Chani. Uh, well, th- yeah, because he says that he's gonna sell his. He's gonna sell Paul's mom, Lady Jessica, because she'd be worth something in water. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh g- yeah, cuz they value water quite a bit. Um and then she gra- grabs Stilgart by the throat and he's like, "You know the weirding ways, show us the weirding ways, and
1: you and your son will both be safe yes. among our people."
0: Um she's like, "I will do this. You have my word as a Benny Gesserit. I will show you the weirding ways." Um and then they just accept them into their tribe. They usher them back to their like main. Well, and they
1: give they give Paul a name.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: Because of his bravery bravery,
0: they will call him Usul and Usul. And he's like, You can also pick your last name or some shit like well, that. Well
1: no, he tells him to just pick like you will be known to our people as Usul. Usul but because of your bravery. What will call you like you get to pick what will call you. Yes. And before he meets the Fremen, he has uh like an internal monologue dream type thing. Where he says that they will call him something, no, whatever his last name is.
0: No, so he doesn't. I he In has the a movie dream. He has a, He has a dream about the moon, but he he doesn't know what the moon is called. He's no, like, he
1: absolutely does. No, he doesn't
0: because they. He asks them. He's like, "I know. What do you
1: call the second moon? No, what do you call the the rat or the 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 the, the mouse, mouse moon. shaped the mouse shaped crater on the second moon? You're right. Yeah, whatever the fuck." and they're like we call it moldib. Yeah, moldib. But before this, he has a vision, like I don't remember if it's in the palace or in the rock, but he's like they will call me Mualdib. I don't think so, because the first I, time we I, hear I 100% remember it because whenever he asks and they're like, "Oh, it's Mualdib. And I'm like, "You already fucking knew that."
0: <laughs> Are you willing to die on this hill? Because I I
1: really I I'm don't pretty, remember it ever being spoken until willing. this moment. I'm pretty willing to die on this hill. All
0: right, I'm gonna have to do some research after we're done recording because I don't remember it at all until this moment of that name being said.
1: I will 100% accept that I am wrong, okay, if I am wrong. But like, I I cause, honestly cause I don't I was, remember 100%, I watched, but I, I don't remember part it being of said. this, uh, like on my lunch break, uh-huh. and it was. From like right before that scene where he has the little like in the the like small rock area with his mom. Well, I'm not sure if it's there at the palace. Okay, but like he has he has a dream where it, like shows all the things that he's seen up to this point. Like he sees Chani before. Yeah, he I know sees he sees Chani. Yeah, and the the moon and stuff, and he's like the internal monologue is running over the whole thing. And he's like, they will call me Mualdeeb. And then whenever he's like, oh, well, what do you call the mouse-shaped crater Crater on the second moon? moon, They're like, Mualdeeb. Or we call that Moaldeeb, and then he's like, "Can you call me Paul you Yeah, you're like, okay, <laughs> I felt okay, Paul. We'll yeah, call Paul. you Paul. <laughs> yeah, Paul Maudeeb and
0: he, <laughs> a fucking Hebrew name. And you're just gonna be like, "My first name is actually Paul. Remember it,
1: Paul, Paul Maldib. Paul, because because nobody's looking for a Paul. Yeah. Oh, and they also say like, in whenever they're in the small rocks, um, he says like we've now entered the time where all will try to kill us or something like yeah, that yeah. to save their own skins. Something like that.
0: Uh, we then come back to Vladimir and this is where we get the musical instrument scene with him just laughing his fucking full head off, r- like, floating at high speed
1: around this, like, steam chamber of some sort. As, yeah, and Radoban comes in. Yeah. The or, beast. Yeah, the beast comes in and he's like, you now have... rabon rabon Uh... You now have control of Arrakis. Squeeze it and keep squeezing it. Give me all the spice. Give me the squeezies and squeeze it till you can't squeeze anymore and then squeeze more. Yeah, this is the the cow scene that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. And where he's someone's like, like working
0: on a cow and he like looks at it, takes the tongue off the cow and, then and just, just starts munching on it. it. And it's so gross because as Vladimir is saying this in uh, Raban's face, he's like shaking his face and he's like very excited. Like, and he, the tongue is just
1: like bouncing around uh, in his it mouth. It looks fucking ridiculous. Uh, but yeah. But then he fucks off. Laughing his head off. And Sting, like the doors open and Sting walks out in a fucking metal bikini.
0: Yes. Well, originally in the book, the character is naked and Sting wanted to do the scene. Naked. Naked. But the people, the powers that be, were just like, no, let's not have Sting naked in our movie. And so they gave him like like last minute decision. They gave him this like weird, like metal. Metal cob piece. Yes. Um, So he stands out. And we see Vladimir's reaction to this, and it almost like he's coming.
1: Yeah. Uh, "Um, Fade. Fade, you are so beautiful. (laughs) My beautiful Fade. (laughs) All right. I've given it to Raban. But after he is done with it, this will all be yours or something like yeah, that. Yeah, um, while And Fade just, servant like, grins like a fucking <laughs> maniac. Ridiculous person. Uh, yeah, and
0: while all this is going on, we still have that fucking <laughs> instrument, that weird theremin, just constantly just going up and down, up and down, making all these weird noises. Um, we then cut back to the group, and now they are in, like, f- full Fremen, Fremen territory, and uh, Paul is being introduced to everybody, and uh, they're like, look, you know the weirding ways, show us ways. Paul makes a big speech in front of like the entire Fremen people. He's like, I will train a hundred of your men and they will train a thousand, the rest of the thousand men or whatever the fuck. He's like, and with this, we will show the Harkonnens the people of Iraq
1: and or or Rakis. We basically saying we're going to kill all of the Harkonnens. Yeah. Until the emperor himself has to show up to deal with us, yes. and, and then we'll fucking kill the emperor.
0: And he, they're all he like, also says the thing where uh, where Vladimir says like early on in the movie, if you control the spice, you control the universe, or some shit like that. Right. He says that in the big speech, um, and then we see him uh, with a uh, hundred of the fremen soldiers, and he asks one of the fremen people to come up to
1: one of the, the, the a big stone obelisk. Yeah. This is your strongest stone. Yeah. Uh, kick it. And he kicks it. Punch it. And he punches it. Nothing happens. Yell at it. And everybody kind of laughs, and he's like, break! (laughs) Yes, and nothing happens. Nothing happens.
0: He points to another
1: points to another guy and says, cut it. Yep, and he has like a cutting torch of some sort. And it doesn't work. And he's like, this is the power of the weirding way. And then he like... This is a weirding module. Yeah, he's, he's explaining the... And at this point, like 95% of them are already wearing Reading Are they uh, at this point? I think so. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, he. he none, of, none of them are using it yet, but like. They're all he's, wearing yeah, it. Yeah, he's training them on how to use it. And so yeah, he tells so them to so back he, away. Yeah, tells them to back away and he does the cha. car or something like yeah. that. Yeah, cha. Ka. Yeah. And.
0: Explodes, Blodes, it. blows up the uh, blows, blows up the uh, the big
1: obelisk, and um, he's like, This is the power of the weirding way words have power. Words, C- certain words are killing words, yeah. Certain words are killing words with words. You can set people on fire, you can do this, you can do this, yes, you can, yes. Do this. You can boil the, a man's organs inside all, of him. All the different things you could do Which with the weirding, I really fucking module. enjoy
0: that concept.
1: I yeah, don't know I if it's going to
0: be in the, the remake or not, but it's not in the book, and I really enjoyed this concept of like words being. Weapons.
1: So, uh, um, and so like everybody starts doing it. Chaka, Chaka, Chaka. Yeah, he's training. And all one of them says "Wall and blows a hole in the fucking wall. And he's like, "My." Name is a killing word.
0: Yeah, and I I don't know why, but the way he says it, I really enjoy the way he says it. My name is a killing word. Like oh oh, oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> Hold on, let me get my dagger out. <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. We then cut to, and it's a bunch of the uh uh fremen soldiers. They're now fully trained and shit,
1: and uh they're all Do out they... in the desert.
0: This is where he f- f- uh rides the sandworm.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, says, he so, says, I've now trained them, but to truly lead them, I have to conquer the worm. Yeah. Uh, which, and Stilgart hands him, like, a which, weird, uh, like, shovel spike thing. Same, bro. Like, I've drank tequila, too. <laughs> yeah, right. You gotta conquer the worm. <laughs> right. Um, uh, and he has,
0: like, a bunch of rope with him. He has this weird, like, shovel spiky thing that he, like, digs in. A sandworm is coming up. So he digs that in and uses well, it as maybe. a way to, like, lift himself up onto
1: the worm. Yeah, he places the thumper to draw a sandworm, mm. and it's apparently the biggest sandworm like it has they've name, ever seen. Yeah, but it's has a little fucking or like, it comes up out, and they're all like standing there cheering, and he walks over and chunks it with his weird shovel axe thing yeah, yeah
0: i they give it a name but i cannot i didn't write it down and i cannot fucking remember what um, it is. some hebrew word I, he he rotates
1: to the top of the worm yeah, yeah with it
0: yeah he basically makes it just like shimmies his way up the worm With well the he thing. doesn't
1: shimmy like it never moves he just holds on to it so oh
0: that's right because as it rotates, it rotates yeah that's it rotates right.
1: him to the top yeah, yeah, yeah. but that means that the top was at the side whenever he first hooked, first onto, hooked it, onto it. I guess, but whatever. Yeah, story reasons. Reasons. Yeah, and there's two little like hook places, like blowholes. Yeah, that they are look like, like blow holes. <laughs> spewing spice. Yes,
0: and we we see uh, he anchors a rope into like the side of it so that that way people people can, can climb, climb up up it. But yeah, then he hooks into like the blowholes and like spice and shit is coming out of it. I think we hear an internal monologue from Paul saying as much. He's like, I can smell the spice up here or some shit like that. And he he makes the connection. Worms
1: and spice. What does it all
0: mean? Yeah. Uh, And now he's riding the worm because he has the anchors in the blowholes with like uh, both ends of the rope and like a harness of some sort.
1: And the rest of the Freeman or Fremen all, all like climb up there with him.
0: Well, Stillgart does it first and they're both looking at each other and then we just hear like <laughs> um like a major guitar riff happens that like very metal moment where the, both of them are like smiling at each other while he's riding this giant ass sandworm in the middle of the desert. Uh and they're all like the legends are true you are what the prophecy spoke of or some shit like that. Oh, there's a small scene uh that we missed. So, as they're being introduced to the the Fremen people, um, they mentioned that they would like uh, Lady Jessica. Well,
1: no, no, no! It's whenever he's training him, or he's training the soldiers in the weirding way. Um, their holy mother is like, I'm dying. Yeah, um, near death. Jessica
0: is a Benny like We the-
1: we uh, or I ask you to take my place as the reverend mother for these people. Yeah, uh, she
0: agrees. And uh, part of becoming the Reverend Mother, you drink from the water of life, which is, I think in the book they describe it as, like, uh, like concentrated, like, sandworm bile. I think that's what it was, if I remember okay, correctly.
1: Okay, I know it has something to do with It's the...
0: It's something with the spice and the worms and shit. I think it's, like, sandworm bile of some but sort. But
1: it's poisonous.
0: To, to anybody that isn't, uh, A, a Bene Gesserit, and B, a woman. Yeah. Because other men have tried it, and they've died from it.
1: Um... And She takes it And she's like Oh but what of my unborn baby One of the things that happens With the whole water of life Is that the reverend mother Who is On her way out Basically gives up the rest of Her remaining life force To pass on all of her knowledge Yeah to as, as a reverend mother To the next reverend mother Yep yeah. So, Jessica gets all of the knowledge of the uh, Reverend Mother, um, but the water of life makes her give premature birth.
0: But not in, like, a dangerous way. Like, the baby's, like, fully grown whenever it comes out prematurely. To,
1: To her daughter. Alia. Alia, who also, because they... We're feeding off the same energy. The they don't, water of life. They don't really explain why, but because she was inside her mother when her mother drank the water of life, yeah. she also has all of the powers of all the powers, the wisdom, reverend mother, all all, all right. that of a reverend mother.
0: So she's like a. And they mentioned throughout the movie that she's growing up rapidly as they skip ahead like three years in the movie, but in the book, yeah, she's just growing at a rapid pace, and she acts like a grown adult.
1: Right. As, like, a Mm -hmm. three-year-old.
0: And then, uh, after they mount the sandworm, uh, we then see just a series of events. We hear uh, Princess Irulan come up uh, over voiceover, and it explains, over the next two to three years, um, uh, Paul Atreides, or uh, Maudib, uh, enacts, uh, like, counterattacks against... um, The Harkonnens. The Harkonnens and the Emperor, my father. And we just see, like, a series of attacks happening. It's almost... And they mention it in the book. It's very jihad-like. Um, that this is Maudib's jihad, shit like that. Um, and they're attacking different spice facilities, attacking different soldiers. At one point, they end up attacking uh, a spice facility that or thinks, or Stilgart, sorry, Stilgart thinks is a smuggler's rig made to look like a spice rig. And Paul's like, fuck it, I don't care. If they're smugglers, then they're clearly in uh, cahoots with. Um, they're not good people anyway. So with fuck the Harkonnens. It. and so they attack it, and they immediately, um, Paul's like, "Oh shit, Gurney! I thought you died <laughs> in the
1: battle." <laughs> Gurney's like, "I'll fucking kill you all!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, "Gurney, is that you? Do my eyes deceive me, <laughs> like, Paul? <laughs> I was told
0: you were dead. I was told you were dead." Yep. Yeah. And then Paul holds up his father's dulce. Uh, signet, that that ring that his father has. Oh yes,
1: because um, Doctor UA Doctor UA put it on the still suit.
0: Yeah, uh, so they team up. They're very happy to see one another. Gurney is going to help him with the battles to come. We
1: forgot to mention about the fucking like scene where after like he poisons the Duke. Doctor UA just like sits in a room and cries for like. You <laughs> <laughs> he
0: he's like in the middle of crying stops. And it looks like he's somber for a moment and then starts and crying, starts crying again. again. It's like, it's insane. Some of the choices are just like, what, or what were you we thinking? But some of the other choices, like the weirding modules are really fucking really cool. Really cool. Um, but yeah, they're still doing jihad attacks. Um, and then they decide to come up with a plan to fully t- attack the Harkonnen. And,
1: uh, well, the, yeah, I, well, it might be before, um, after, after he's conquered the worm and is their leader. Mm. Um, they paint like yeah he has 10 um, soldiers or so like the 10 of the 10 best
0: Fremen soldiers that are uh quite uh versatile in the weirding modules they call them like the feziken
1: maybe i don't remember what they call them i, I just I really know like they're that. like his personal guard yes and he and chani get married or no they don't get married. They don't get married. They, they have children. Yeah. And
0: they, they live together. It's,
1: they fuck like bunnies. Yes.
0: Um, in the book, they have a son. Uh, this one, it looks like they have two kids, because we they don't really explain it, but we see two kids with Chani at one point. Right. So it looks like they have two kids. But in the book, they have one son. And in the middle of one of uh, their attacks, the Harkonnen are attacking with Robin or uh, Robin the beast. Raban. Raban. That's it. Uh, the beast and uh, he attacks a facility that Chani and his son are at with uh, Alia and ends up killing uh, Maudeeb's son and like Leto. They call him Little Leto because that's the Duke's actual name is Duke Leto. Yeah. Um, so he ends up dying uh at that same point uh alia gets kidnapped and gets taken to the palace in the movie she just randomly shows up in the palace yeah she
1: just goes
0: um but yeah in the book she gets kidnapped by uh raban uh and gets taken to vladimir and all that but in this uh moment yeah they commit themselves to each other and then um as he's in the middle of his room laying next to chani he's having another nightmare and he's realizing oh shit
1: I can't see my future anymore. Yeah,
0: I can't. Because he's getting glimpses of the future throughout the entire movie. He's like, fuck, I, I'm not seeing anything. I, fuck, Chani. And he, he wakes up in the middle of his dream. Chani's waking him up. And he's like, you were saying my name. He's like, I've got to do it. I've got to drink from the water of life. And he's been told throughout the movie, like, you can't
1: do this. It'll yeah, kill you. It'll kill you. If you try, you have, die. Other men have tried.
0: Yeah, And Paul's like, look, I got to. There's no other way about it. I... I have to know what's going to come in the future if you're going to be safe. I've got to try it. So they go out with his ten best soldiers, the Frezikin or whatever the fuck they're called. He goes out in the middle of the desert with a, a little vial of water of life. They tie him up, and Chani's like, I will love you forever. And then they pour the uh, water of life into his mouth. And then the book, I don't remember... So in the book whenever he takes a drink of the water of life the the tripping experience that he has happens but he also slips into a coma. In the movie they have all the reverend mothers start bleeding from the mouth.
1: Yeah. And he starts bleeding from one eye. Yeah,
0: for whatever reason.
1: Don't I know. don't know. They don't really explain it, but as and Alia goes to Jessica and says that he drank the water of life yes
0: and they they also say with the water of life all women are too afraid to look where no man or no person has ever looked before like beyond space and time and we see in through this like tripping experience that uh that Maldives is looking past where no one has ever looked before and we see him and we see and hear him say I'm becoming gaining the powers of a navigator uh Basically, able to tr- travel through space and time right. at the whim of a
1: thought, and uh, the worms all show up. Yes, all but of they, them.
0: Every single one that's uh, in the on the planet just like s- encircle the entire group. They don't attack. They just like, they
1: just kind of sit there, and everybody's like, "Why aren't they attacking?" The and in his like dream voiceover thing. He says, spice are the worms, and the worms are spice.
0: Yeah, so basically the worms create the spice and then just live in it and shit like that. So it's a byproduct of the sandworms themselves. Um, He gets up. He's now... The ropes are completely off of him that they wrapped him up in. Mm -hmm. And he looks up and he sees all the worms around them. He's like... I think he proclaims that he is the Kwazat Haderach or whatever the fuck. Yeah. He's now in that main cathedral area where he... And
1: he... Like, I think this is where he, like, first unfurls, or, like, I think this is where you first get the glimpse that his eyes are now... All blue. Fremen. Yeah, yeah, they're blue on blue. They are blue on blue. Yeah.
0: Before he makes that big proclamation of the Fremen being the storm that the emperor has never seen, blah, 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 we see the emperor being accosted by the guild again. And the guild are like, look, fucking do something about fucking Maldives. Because he's fucking causing an issue on Arrakis. And they don't know who Mahdib is. They just know a mysterious Mahdib has been attacking different different places on Arrakis. And uh, uh, Emperor Shaddam is like, fuck. All right, fine. You know
1: what? I will go and take care of this personally.
0: Yeah. Uh, We see him go to um, uh, Arrakis. And he's now on Arrakis. And he, uh, I think he, if I remember correctly, he uh, asked or demands that Vladimir come to see him right away or some shit like that. Yeah, I think so. I believe so. And then whenever Vladimir comes floating in, he is, like, trying to convince the Shaddam, he's like, why did you come? Or no, Shaddam is like, "Uh, Vlad, why did you have me come here? And he's like, I didn't ask you to come here. He's like, your insolence and uh, inability to control uh, this Maudib issue is the reason why I'm here. So, yes, you did call me here or some shit like that. Um, we then cut to Maadi Paul, uh, making a proclamation in front of all the Fremen people. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I will now send you people into battle and we will show uh, the emperor that we are the storm that will topple his regime or whatever the fuck. Just basically right. pumping up the people. We're... Get stoked. We're going to fight these fuckers. Right. Woo! Um, and the, they all start uh, ranting and raving. And then, then we, cut, Maldive,
1: Maldive, Maldive.
0: we cut to, I think, back at Shaddam's place. And he has Vladimir come back in. And uh, on the floor is Rabban's head, r- like right in front of Shaddam. And Vlad's oh, like, oh yeah. shit, what the fuck? That's my nephew. He's very fucking shocked by this. He's near tears himself. Um, and then as they're having this conversation about uh, Vlad's insolence. Um, we cut back to Maudeeb, and they are now mounting an assault on...
1: Freeman, ready the atomics. Yes,
0: uh, they're mounting an attack on the main facility. They all t- put on their white suits. Yeah, we, I, they don't really explain what the white suits are for. Radiation. What is the atomics? Is it the storm that comes in?
1: No, the atomic bombs that break the the rock, and you see like the sand pour down like a river
0: okay i don't remember any so of that. that
1: they can use the sandworms to attack
0: i know they use these sandworms but i don't remember any of the uh, the rest of it um but yeah so they break down this wall and all of it comes crashing like all the sand comes crashing through and just like a big like water like if you were to burst a dam all yep. this water coming through but it's sand instead of water um whenever that happens we see the entire team on all different kinds of sandworms just like riding into battle on these sandworms and then all hell breaks loose. Like, the uh, Sarakins start attacking all the Fremen people. And it's just, like, this big battle between two clashing forces. And I gotta say, even though it was in the 80s, the special effects for this movie, even with the worms alone, it's really fucking spectacular. Yeah, pretty fucking
1: great. Um, so, yeah, this big... Minus the shields. They kind of Yeah, I don't know why. They, they cheaped out on the shields, but everything else looks pretty good.
0: Yeah. The, they're having this full-on-scale attack, and as they're battling back and forth... Uh, in walks Alia into the main like chamber area with Emperor Shaddam, and we don't hear her talk too much until this point, and I love her voice, I love the, like, the reaction on the little girl's uh, face as she's talking, um, and she's just basically telling him, like, look, you're gonna lose no matter what you fucking do, my uh, brother is gonna kick your ass.
1: Um, the reverend mother that's there with the emperor. Yeah, yeah. And she's, she's not having any of it. Is like, kill that abomination. And she's like, oh, that won't make my brother very happy. <laughs> yes. Maybe you've heard of him, Paul Maldive. <laughs> and the emperor's like, Maldive is Maldib? Paul?
0: what? Paul? <laughs> Paul is Maldive? Maldive is Paul? And they're all like, fuck. Uh, and outside we see uh, uh, like an explosion happen on like, the outside of the facility. And right at that same point... The emperor tells Vlad to kill the child. He, the Vlad gets close to the child. The child swipes at uh, well, no. Vlad's face, and she has that uh, gum uh, gum jabar, uh, the little poison. Oh, yeah, that's right. Finger, but he like
1: dodges out of the way.
0: No, she slashes his face. No, yeah, because whenever he backs away, initially you don't see the slash happen. I don't know if it's just bad editing or what, but initially you don't see the the slash across his face. But as he's stumbling backwards, he then has a
1: slash on his face. I didn't think that he did, because I thought that she didn't kill him until she used the voice on him to get him to come closer, and then like ripped his upenders or suspenders off and fucking. Sent I think him, that happens before she slashes his face. Like she
0: does the voice on him, she, he gets closer pulls out the little fucking tubing out of his chest, then slashes his face. He goes stumbling backwards. He starts spinning in the air on his back and just, like, freaking out and, like, writhing and shit. And then as that uh, opening opens up And all,
1: as all this is happening, she also commands the Reverend Mother that's there with the Emperor to... Um, to say... or to to speak the truth about her brother. And she says that he's the... Knick-knack paddywhack. <laughs> yeah, what is it?
0: The, uh... <laughs> the... The qu- knickknack knack paddywhack. The Kwisatz Haderach.
1: Yeah. Of uh, whatever the fuck. That's what I said. Of the, it,
0: layman's terms, it's a super being, is what they call him in the book. And uh, so, yeah, as, as it's happening, as the uh, Reverend Mother is being forced to say that, uh, Vlad is basically being sucked out of the... Hole that was created from the explosion. Yeah, there,
1: well, there was an explosion. This hole was created, and everybody kind of like
0: nobody really nothing. Nobody reacts to it. They see the explosion happen. They're like, "Oh, whoa!" But wow, that he moves,
1: was, that was crazy. And Vlad then gets sucked. Vlad out Vlad gets it, sucked out, and then uh, gets gets uh, like thrown into just, the or what's her name? Uh, uh, Alia. Alia. Vlad gets thrown into a
0: sandworm's mouth, and <laughs> we cut to like. Paul and them, watching it happen, they all like, yeah, that was awesome. And then they go back to the fucking battle and shit. And then she just, like, walks out. Yes. And one of my favorite shots in this movie is her with, like, a dagger in her hand with the little poison Jom Khabar, uh thing in her, on her <laughs> finger. And she's in the <laughs> middle of the battle, and she's just like, it's like a slow, like, her, like, basking in the glory of this battle of, like, her, like, just oh look at me, type bullshit. In the book, something similar does happen, where uh, as a, a a way of mercy for the men that have died battling the Fremen, she just goes and like kills the men that are near death, like that mm. are dying on the open battlefield. Just goes up, stabs them, moves She's, on to the next. Stab, she becomes stab, a Valkyrie. Stab. Yes. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) And I'm assuming that was a scene that was in the movie they just cut out. Because, yeah, she just randomly has a dagger in her hand that she didn't have before. So, yeah, the battle has basically been won. We then cut to all the Fremen are in that main courtyard area surrounding Emperor Shaddam. And uh, Emperor Shaddam is like, what do you want? And uh, Maldives is like, look, I showed you I could fucking kick your ass. And look, I'm doing it right now. I kicked your ass. You need to fucking bow down to me. And uh, I believe a- Alia starts talking again. F-
1: it's like a free free Arrakis from guild control or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Or, or you'll die.
0: Yeah. And then uh, the Emperor makes a claim that
1: he... Or no, no,
0: no, I think Sting like yells out from the middle of the crowd. Because yeah, he's Fade.
1: Fade just basically says, I will kill him. Yeah. And the Emperor gives him his dagger yep. to use. Uh,
0: in the book, it plays out a bit different. So, um, in order to fully take over the throne of the Emperor, uh, Maudib is like, I'm, how about this? I'll take control of everything if I beat either you or the best warrior that you can come up with. I'll fight them. Now, Maldives' people, Gurney and uh, Stilgart are like against this 100% because... Whoever uh, the emperor is going to get is going to be someone that's going to just be able to best him, either best him or uh, use some sort of like treachery to uh, backstab him and win. And they're like, No, this isn't happening. And Maldive just like tries to reassure them. Well, the I mean,
1: Gurney does it in the movie too. He's like, yeah. No,
0: don't fight yeah. him. He won't fight fair. Yeah. Um, and the same thing happens in which the... he doesn't. Yes. For the most part, he doesn't. Oh, no, No, for the most part, he does. and It's not until like the last like second of the fight that he sees a blade pop out of his side. Yeah. In the book, it's much more treacherous. He is trying to sneak his way in to kill uh, Paul several different ways. But in the movie, they start battling back and forth. This is where we get the line, I will kill him. He says a few times to Ball, I will kill you, I will kill you. And then he says to the crowd, I will, I will kill,
1: kill
0: him. him. Uh, not like the way you say it. <laughs> I will kill you! <laughs> he just, he's just basically making a proclamation to the crowd. I will kill him. They get into like a big uh, tussle. They lock up, and it looks like uh,
1: uh, Paul is going to be
0: bested by Sting.
1: And he says something about Chani. He's like, "Oh, is your wife going to need my special attention yeah, after yeah, this, or yeah. something? Yeah. Uh, or is, I, your, is your woman going to need my special attention after this? Something like that."
0: Uh, and then in an in, uh, in, in internal monologue, we hear Paul's like, as they're locked up, he's like, "If I move this way." he's going to get me with that side blade poking out. If I move this way, he's going to get me poisoned. with the die- dagger. My only,
1: my only option is to bend like the
0: reed. Yes. Uh, he makes a quick movement, and bam, best it is best uh, fade. He was I was going to say sting, but best fade. He's on top of him, and then we just see him Tabs him plunge. through the fucking bottom of the mouth. Yeah, yeah up through the up mouth. Up
1: through the brain. <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: and uh, he has killed fade. Um, and then... Uh, he stands up, he gets a robe put on him, and then Alia says a few things, and you know why he was... Oh, no, what does Paul say? Paul says, if you control the spice, you control the universe, and now I have control over the universe. And something about Arrakis will n- never not see rain ever again, or Yeah, something, something like, that. like that. And then rain... And it starts raining. Starts happening. In the book, that doesn't happen at fucking all. He says we will cultivate Arrakis, and parts of it will still produce spice. Parts of it will be more sustainable living for the uh, people of Arrakis, the Fremens. Fremen. Um, But he doesn't like automatically uh, like think it, and then rain starts falling down on the ground for whatever reason that was ha- uh, the thing. They make him in
1: that god. Godlike... Well, and that's um, the the Fremen's. Whenever they're first walking through and like introducing them to the area and stuff, they see like this huge pool of water that he says it has decaliters in it Mm. and um, they're like oh yeah we have hundreds of these and we're going to use them to reshape Arrakis to make it more hospitable Yeah, Um, and something similar happens in the book
0: Uh, And as the it's all raining down, and he was able to in the movie anyway, as he was able to make it rain, we hear (laughs) Alia. We hear Alia say, "And why was he able to do this? Because he is the Kwisatz hadara. Because he is the knickknack (laughs) Pettiwack. Right. And right when she says that, cuts the credits, and then we just see like um, stylized credits of like all the actors in order of, of
1: appearance." Is it in order of appearance, or is it in order of Uh, alphabetical? I think it's alphabetical. Alphabetical by appearance, I think is how they did it.
0: (laughs) Really? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. I
1: I don't remember. I think it was both, and I was like, that's that's weird. weird." Yeah. Uh,
0: And, yeah, that's the movie. And there were plans to make, like, two or three other sequels, but this movie, and we'll get into it here in a second, about the uh, response to this movie. But it had a cult following years later, but initially when the movie came out, it was not. Did not do very well. Um, and I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, there were parts of it that I just didn't understand why they did certain things. But overall, the yeah. movie is a lot of fun. I'm really excited for what is. I've really enjoyed the book. I probably got. There's like five other books. So I think
1: six in total. Yeah, I think there's six total books.
0: And I think like uh, it's similar to what they did with the Tolkien books. I think he has like his own like, uh, like side book where the Tolkien universe has like a, the similar. Sim- Similarian. Similarian. Uh, Dune also has something similar. I can't remember what the, what they call it. Um, but uh, the Rotten Tomato score for this movie, the critic score is at a forty four percent. The audience score at a sixty five. With the cult following that this movie had, I thought it would be a bit higher. But <laughs> I
1: kind of did too. I guess it wasn't.
0: Now I am going to give you the twenty twenty one inflation adjustments
1: for this movie as well. Well, it makes sense because it's forty years old. Yeah.
0: Uh, the budget for this movie was $40 million. In 1984, that's like $200 million now. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. In um, opening weekend, only made $6.1 million. Domestically, altogether, made $30.9 million. Internationally, made only $54,126. Yeah. Didn't even break 55000
1: uh, all together, wow.
0: all together in nineteen eighty four dollars. It made thirty one million dollars all together. Didn't even gain its budget back at all. I now wonder, over the years, it's gained more popularity. And I wonder
1: that. if it just had like a super duper limited. I didn't look into it. I just saw the numbers and I was like, "That's internationally like fucking the international market." Well, considering the international market, like. If it only opens in England, it's considered the international market. Right. So, like, it could have went basically nowhere. Possible. Um, but adjusting for gross and uh, the or not adjusting for gross, but adjusting inflation. for
0: inflation at a 164 percent increase for 2021 dollars, uh, the budget 105.6 million dollars. Uh, Opening weekend made $16.1 million. Altogether domestically made $81.6 million. Internationally, $142,899.93. And then altogether in 2021 dollars, $81.8 million. So even with 2021 dollars, it still didn't uh, cover uh, its initial budget. Um, And like I said, this movie had a cult following. Mm -hmm. Uh, throughout the years i mean i watched it the first time i ever watched it is like uh i think uh film study in the eighth grade and uh i think i watched it a few other times after that and that was the last time i haven't watched this movie
1: yeah it's been and probably it's been at least a decade since i've watched it it's been a little while and honestly the last time that i remember watching this well no so i tried to watch it i think like five or six years ago Mm -hmm again because I hadn't seen it in so long and I was like oh man this is a classic like I haven't watched this in forever and I did exactly what you did on Monday whenever you tried to watch it um, and fell asleep oh, like yeah, halfway yeah. through yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like eh, it must not have been that good if I was able to fall asleep during it yeah. so maybe I don't need to watch it again <laughs> no I fell and asleep then I, and then I watched it again for this and I was mm-hmm. like I don't know why I fell asleep. Like, I must have just this been fa- really tired.
0: Yeah. The same thing with me. I was just really tired because it wasn't boring. Once I actually sat down and watched it all the way through, I was like, this is fun. Yeah, it, this it, is it has ridiculous points, but all together, it's fun. It's trying bold things. And it's a lot of fucking... It, I enjoyed every minute of it, with the exception of a few parts. Right. Um, anyway, next week, we're going to do the Doom remake. Um, Dune. Doom. I don't know why I said Doom, but Dune remake and from all accounts, it's supposed to be really fucking good.
1: I've heard that the only thing that people really have a problem with is uh, Jason Momoa without a beard.
0: I can see that. But he plays Duncan, so I'm all right with that. So him tearing through a bunch of uh, Sarakin or whatever the fuck the yeah, soldiers mean, are, I'm all right with that. I would like to see that. And uh, uh, what is it? Dave Batista is playing the Beast, Robin. Oh, it's Rabon. Yeah, he, he plays the Beast. So okay. I'm interested to see how that looks. I'm, yeah. Who plays who plays Fade? Uh, um I'm not sure. I don't even think he's in it. I don't remember him ever coming what? up in anything.
1: That's disappointing. I you mean need, you need somebody who's able to do creepy really well, so I'm saying like a Bill Skarsgard.
0: <laughs> maybe. His father plays uh uh Stellan Skarsgard plays um um uh, Vlad. Oh really? Yeah, he uh, he's in a fat suit and everything, but he plays Vlad, so yeah, could easily be <laughs> Uh, who else is it? We got, uh, what is his name? Um, uh, Timothy Chalamet plays Paul Atreides. Um, not sure who plays Lady Jessica, but we have, uh, um, Oscar Isaac plays Duke Leto. We have, uh, what the fuck? I'm uh, Josh Brolin plays, uh, Gurney. And there's a bunch of other uh, cast members. We'll get into it next week,
1: but it has a star studded cast. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of. So I'm really excited to see how that it.
0: movie turns out. But, well, it, it also has been greenlit for part two because this one apparently, like, the title starts off with, like, Dune part one. Okay. So, and that's why, from what I've been told, it like, ends it only, in the middle of it. Yeah, the book. it
1: only goes to half.
0: So I'm, I'm also interested to see how they're going to do it without the weird, if they don't. Uh, incorporate the weirding modules Because like I said That's not part of the book And the way the book is structured I really Because in the book Each chapter starts with Princess uh, uh, Oh god what is her name Irulin? No Irulan Ir-
1: I don't know how to it's say
0: it I-R-U-L-A-N I can't Irulian? remember I'm blanking on how to pronounce it I've said it a few times Irulan? Whatever The princess of fucking um Katane or whatever the fuck. The princess, in the book, is constantly, at the beginning of each chapter, reading from some sort of, like, history book uh, from, like, the Dune universe. Um, and in the book, uh, <laughs> the ending of the book uh, ends a bit different. So, you have, you don't have the reigning scene, but you do have uh, a Modib fighting phase, like I said earlier. But at the end of it, you have... Maudib making a deal with the emperor. He's like, look, I will marry your daughter. Uh, it'll help meld our two families together. Chani's off to the side. Their son has just been killed like moments beforehand. He's like, <laughs> I'm look. done with her now. Yeah, and he's like, look, Maud, uh, uh, look, uh, I have to do this for the good of our people, for the Fremen people. I have to do this for political reasons. Trust me, she doesn't have my heart. I will never lay with this woman. It's purely political. And Chani's like, look, it's perfectly fine. I get it. But just know it fucking hurts. And Lady Jessica is like, look, no matter what happens, you have to believe him. He will never lay with her because that is just one thing us concubines will have to deal with. People will see her as the person he married, but they will call us his wife. And that's where the book ends. And so it's a very, like, poignant moment where one concubine for his father is reassuring his now concubine, concubine, if you will. Anyway, that is pretty much all I've got for this week.
1: And that's all I've got. Make sure to comment, rate, subscribe. Tell us what you think about Dune. Tell us what you think about the podcast. (laughs) Tell us what you think about life in general.
0: (laughs) Yeah, if you have some sort of, like, weird uh, life's deepest questions... I'd be more than happy to tackle it at the beginning sure. of each episode. I don't know if we'll be correct on any of it, and we may just talk out of our ass. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd be more than willing to take the question. Uh, also, you can find us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Nordinian. Find me on both those like uh, locations at those both those uh, social media. I was going to say icon, icons, but yeah, platforms. At that wanker, find me on TikTok as well. At that wanker without an e. And remember, hope is like the sun. If you only believe in it when you can see it, then you'll never make it through the night.
1: One morning I shot an elephant in my my pajamas. How he got in my pajamas, I'll never know. (laughs)